big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you exclusively on KISS FM by J. Michael Fashion for Everyone. Good morning, Sandy. Hey, good morning, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing? Good. good. How are you? What do you got did for you it? hear? Did you hear it last night? What? The mosquito plane. I did. Yeah. Oh yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, right around seven o'clock, seven oh four. Yeah. They said. Oh, yeah. It was out so and about, and outside. oh my gosh, somebody messaged me and they're like, "I hear it." And I said, "Are you sure?" Yeah. And then I made a quick run to uh, the grocery store at Countryside, and sure enough, I saw it. Good. Yeah. yeah. Good. So we'll see it, how it much a, it helps. It was a yeah. welcome sound. Absolutely. They're just everywhere. Fogging as well. Yeah, I did hear yes, the trucks out. Yeah. I got the list of what they were doing in the uh Red Bay community chat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Don't let's turn off some sports. Well, don't they say to turn off your air conditioning and like everything when they go by or plane goes over? Mm, nah. Yeah. Okay. Because you want to because you want that inside the house too to kill all the mosquitoes that's inside. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you? Yeah, they, they oh. can't come in. And any sort of mosquitoes that get into your lungs, you oh, want to yeah, make sure those are... You should just go outside and when the fogger it. goes by and just take a big breath in. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure it's bad for, for uh, people to breathe, is it? I don't know. I'd like to know. Um, I mean, it's, yeah. it's chemicals, so I yeah. wouldn't purposely go out there breathing it, but... Yeah. All right, let's start with some sports news. Well, wait. Um, first, I thought the airplane dropped pellets. That's what I thought. It, it doesn't... Yeah, it does. Okay. It does. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, that's different. Okay. All right, yeah, so American kills the eggs. Yeah, yeah. American Olympic champion Tori Bowie, I think, or Bowie, Bowie. dies at age thirty-two. Um, this is a sort of crazy story because I haven't heard why she died. No, they don't anyway, know yet. Wow, um, only thirty-two years old. Yeah. Three-time um, Olympic sprint medalist from twenty sixteen, and she also won um, in twenty seventeen at the World Champions uh, hundred meter. And um, her management team basically confirmed that she passed away. Yeah, and she lost. She races for the U.S. Wow. Yeah, that they lost a client, a dear friend, a daughter, and a sister. Yeah, it's um, very sad. Really, really sad. So, if we get any more details about what happened, we'll certainly uh, let you guys know. Um, it's time for beach volleyball again. The annual Norseka Beach Volleyball Tournament is returning to the Cayman Islands. So they will be here from the 19th to the 21st of May. Um, and this is the third stop on their tour. So come on out and enjoy it. Uh, teams will be competing for points that will help them to qualify for the 2024 Summer Olympics in Paris. Hmm. Sounds good. Right. Uh, the 2023 electoral boundary review begins. Um, so this uh, electoral boundary commission has started to review the electoral boundaries and they'll have some public consultation meetings and meetings with MPs as they look at whether or not the boundaries will be changed in any way. So this is a really important exercise. Um, they recently met with the Economics and Statistics Office and the Lands and Surveying Department as part of their ongoing efforts to make sure that there's an equitable representation and distribution of the electoral districts in the Cayman Islands. So go out to the public meetings. We'll let you guys know when they're happening. And um, $80 million loan extension has been provided to help the Marriott recover uh, from the pandemic. So Grand Cayman Marriott Beach Resort has obtained this sizable loan um, to really help them, you know, to try to, people are still in post-pandemic mode now, let's not forget that. <clears throat> and this story comes from the Commercial Observer. 
which is a London-based uh, global real estate investment firm. They've given them a three-year extension uh, for its $80 million refinancing loan. So, mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, Andy. Catch you tomorrow for the Friday headlines. Have a good one. You too. Our segment with CMR Brock. Bigger. Bigger. Better. Better. Older. Older. The cold, hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea. And committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, older, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart truth Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman Live Direct. It's the cold hard truth. Now, now, join the conversation on 345 936 2626. That number again is 345 936 2626. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. You guys got your hot tea ready? How is everyone doing this lovely Thursday morning? I'm ready. Are you guys ready? I see Cameron says to put on your hot kettle. That's right, Cameron. Put it on. Let's get it going. Uh oh. Let me make sure everything's plugged. Everything's plugged in this morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Beautiful. The mango trees are full, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> and uh, we are tickled pink and happy that it's mango season. I've been trying my best to control myself, um, but it's hard. Oh, my goodness. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, so we got some, we got news. We got lots of news. Uh, Huh. Well, honey chow, you know, the news comes in here fast and furious. Okay. So first of all, good morning to everyone. I had a wonderful day yesterday. Um, Some of you might've seen the picture online where um, I I went to visit with um, the governor, uh, Miss Jane Owen. She's now left for the UK, by the way. And um, we had a, a nice little chat. We did a little uh, interview. You know, she's making the media, doing the whole media circuit, meeting everyone. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so tickled pink that we certainly got the opportunity to be able to bring you guys uh, an interview and just some comments from her. So we'll play that time permitting. I'm actually going to play it this morning during the show. But man, we have got a packed show for you guys this morning. It is full of everything. So let, let's start off talking about a few things. 
Has anybody noticed, uh, first of all, that um, the radio stations over at Compass Media have been offline? I mean, it, I mean, I, I don't, I don't listen. I'll tell you what I listen to when I'm in the car. I listen to this station because sometimes I'm trying to catch up on additional news, and I listen to 91.5 which is the, one of the newer DMS stations, Magic. And I love me some Magic because they throw in like the old school vibes that be having me bop in my head as I'm driving, you know? And um, I like I like the, the genre that they kind of cover, right? And then if I'm feeling in the mood for Caribbean music, I must admit a lot of times I'm really not, then I'll swap over to like 104. So I have to be in a particular mood. So all four of their radio stations are actually down for an entire week now. Mm, 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 mm. What a hot mess. This is where it's at. Uh, three car accident right before you get to the roundabout by Yacht Club in West Bay. OG on peace. Um, proceed with caution if you uh, are in that area. Yes. Whew, I feel a sneeze coming. Hold on. Maybe not. All right. So good morning to our listeners. This person says, morning, yes, 101 and 94.9. I was wondering, hmm. well, now you know why. Compass Media, what's going on? Apparently they were trying to work in an, an, on an antenna. Say that real fast. On an antenna. <laughs> on an antenna. On an antenna? Yeah. And uh, they took out their stations. Poor things. A hot mess. Uh, oh, well, it looks like a lot of you all haven't missed it, which means you're probably like me. You're not listening to their stations in any event. What a hot mess, honey chill. So I got a few curls left over from the hairdo from yesterday. It, it never looks as good the second day, but, you know, Mr. Sia had me looking pretty for the governor yesterday. Had eyebrows done and everything, honey chill. Um, did you guys see the picture that we put up? I must say we actually looked pretty good. Yes, indeed. But, um, just had a chat, you know, nothing too, uh, too crazy yet. We wanted to, to, we want her to, um, kind of get a little bit, what's the term that I'm looking for? Acclimated uh, to what's going on here first before we kind of are like, hey, <laughs> yes, honey, chill. Uh, she's, still, she's still learning and she's, she's, you know, there is a learning curve, I think. I'm sure that the previous governor would have briefed her on certain things, but you know what? She's got to find her own way. She's got to, you know, do her own uh, research and get to know people on her own terms because it's entirely possible, um, quite frankly, that, her observations might be different than those of um, the previous governor. So we'll see. We've got some guests coming in the studio at eight o'clock this morning. I do want to talk about this situation of children fighting still at um, anywhere apparently that they can, but specifically at Caymana Bay. We have some video footage, but I don't want to start the conversation and then have to stop it at eight o'clock when our guests come in. So we'll we'll pick up on that conversation after um, our guests uh, leave the studio. So let me just give you some shorter tidbits of news so that you guys are in the know. Last week, Friday, 
I told you guys I was in the court for myself, but you know, while I'm there, I'm catching news for you guys as well. Remember the Russian guy, Russian Canadian guy who brought the guns in? So his lawyer, where's my notebook, by the way? I'm a notebook here somewhere. So his lawyer had apparently made an application to have it, to have the case. Um, well, he, he requested the DPP's office, which is the office of the prosecution, OPP, Director of uh, Public Prosecution. He had requested that office to review the charges um, against his client from the perspective that it's not in the public interest to pursue the charges. <laughs> Y'all heard me right. Um, listen, lawyers are there for their clients. Sometimes they make arguments that make even me shake my head. And, uh, you know, they're trying their best. They're being paid by their clients. So their interest is not always what's in the best interest of the community. Let me put it that way. So he requested this review. The DPP's office, always late. Let me, let me just say, I, I know that they have a job to do. And I know they're busy and whatever. And, you know, maybe I have a degree of sympathy for them. But as someone who's been on the receiving side of, you know, they're like just, I'm going to call it unprofessional. Because if the court or anybody gives you a deadline and says you have one week to produce this or two weeks to produce this or whatever, and then you do it as people are like the morning that people are going into court, to me, that's just disrespectful on another level. But this is very, very typical of the DPP's office. They are very last minute with everything. And I wish that somebody, uh, you know, they've got a new director over there. I wish that he would kind of rein in this bad behavior. But they're so used to doing it. And it's just so like, eh, no big deal. There's no penalty when they don't meet these deadlines. Um, they have no sense of embarrassment, obviously, because when the lawyers bring it up in court, they're just like, eh, whatever. And the, the system just keeps on rolling. And I think that they should start penalizing them. Because I know if you and I were told by the court that you've got to do this by this date and we didn't do it, we would be penalized, Right. On the criminal side, and I don't know necessarily what happens on the civil side, but I can tell you on the criminal side, there are no penalties. They just show up and be like, oh yeah, we sent it this morning. And then the lawyers are like, you know, do you think we had time to read a 50 page document that we've just received this morning or whatever? This particular one wasn't that complicated because basically they said, no, it is in the public interest to pursue these charges. So um, he claims that um, he, the lawyer, that he did not receive uh, the reason why, and he, or he wasn't happy with the reason why, because the DPP's office is like, listen, we told you it is in the public's interest and we're going to pursue it. We don't have to give you any additional reason other than that. And so according to him, um, he might be pursuing, um, you know, additional uh, judicial review. So, you know, you guys know what a judicial review is. Um, it is essentially where they um, sue government. And you can sue government for different things, right? And so he's threatening to sue government because he doesn't think that they've given him a sufficient reason why. I don't think he actually has a ground to stand on, to be honest. That's just my opinion. Um, so he'll be all right. Him and his client. Now, this is the first time I'm actually seeing his client in person. And I must say that, <laughs> you know, you have an expectation of, uh, 
people looking a certain way. I don't, I don't know if this is going to make any sense to y'all, but someone who has the audacity to bring in weapons into this country after being told, no, you can't bring in weapons into this country and you don't bring in one, but you bring in several firearms, you would kind of think like this, like I'm expecting this person to be like, mm, like, you know, somebody bold and someone who, when you look at them, you're like, oh my God, I'm so fearful. This guy looks like a little nugget. <laughs> I'm not trying to insult him when I call him a nugget, but he's like a little thing. He's like petite and uh, looks like, you know, uh, wouldn't wouldn't scare a mouse, but those are the ones you gotta be looking at for, honey. Chia. Um, and yeah, it's just so weird. You know, I was like, I don't, I, I was expecting him to look different, <laughs> and he really, and and he just looks a little bit different, but very very petite. I was not expecting him to be that small. In fact, he's a small statured man. Um, a little bit, a little bit different haircut, you know, he's rocking a different look, but, um, yeah. So, uh, the case I think will continue. And I think his lawyer should probably just, uh, focus on, um, getting, getting the trial going and let's, let's get this done and over with lawyers can waste a lot of time. Um, so yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anywho, uh, I think they're back for him on the 15th. And so we'll, we'll hear a bit more about that. Here's another case that I'm trying to get you guys some details on, but I want y'all to hear it here first, honey chair. Um, a prison officer, another one, has been arrested and charged in the Cayman Islands. Yep. I'm going to get y'all all the details because we haven't put up the story yet because I'm, I'm researching the story. So more to come. But essentially, um, we have charges. Let me tell you what the charges are. Hold on now. He's been charged with quite a few things, actually. He was in court, I think it was last week, at seven counts of making a false statement and 12 counts of illegal payment of a work permit. Mm. Where do they find these people? Can we not find people who are not criminals in this country to get some of these civil servant jobs in jail? So we'll get all the details and exactly what the allegations are against this man. Somebody says office, OPP, Office of the uh, Public Prosecution, another example of the world-class civil service. Well, I don't even know. Um... I don't even know who's responsible for the OPP. I don't know if they fall under the, the deputy governor or if they really answer to anybody because I kind of get the feeling like they're a, a law unto their own, quite frankly. Um, so, hmm. we'll, we'll try to find out a, a bit more and let you know. Um, so the feds, uh, yes, somebody just asked that we do a story in the feds, uh, raising interest rate. We posted it. Not much of a story there. It's the 14th hike in, wait a minute. Is the 14th or the 10th hike? Hold on. Let me tell you. 
It's either the 10th hike in 14 months or the 14th hike in 10 months. I think it's the 10th hike in 14 months. Yes. Um, another quarter of a percentage. We thought maybe they were done. They're kind of saying that maybe this is it. Only God knows. Ugh. Uh, yeah, Federal Reserve increased its key interest rate by, by 0.25% points, the 10th hike in 14 months. And again, the move has um, sharply raised borrowing costs across the world's largest economy, spurring a slowdown in sectors such as housing and playing a role in the recent failures of three U.S. banks. These banks had issues anyway, to be quite frank. So um, they signaled that this could be the last one for now. What does for now mean? Only God knows. Only baby Jesus can really answer that question for you. But um, we'll continue to keep an eye on it. I think at this point, um, what I would recommend is that, um, you know, try to lock in that, that uh, try to lock in that fixed rate mortgage if you can. Now, most banks in Cayman only do it for short terms, like maybe two or three years. But two or three years is better than nothing, honey chill. And, you know, in two or three years, the world economy, as well as these interest rates, might have settled back down. And you might be in a position to go back to um, the variable rate. I don't know. But they're being very, very aggressive. And, of course, a lot of people are certainly paying attention. So good morning. Let's see who's here with us this beautiful Thursday morning. Lots of sunshine on the outside. Miss Vernita's here. Beautiful Diamond Princess joining us. Ms. Juliet, good morning to you. The lovely Andrea is here saying good morning, my neighbors. Uh, Cameron is in the house. Hey, Cameron, what's up? Cameron says, let's go. Time to put the kettle on. Morning, y'all. First Lady says good morning to everyone. And remember to appreciate the little things. Yes, thank you for that reminder because life sure is short. Uh, Robert is here with us. Cece McLaughlin, not the other Cece. Good morning to Cece. Ms. Renita says, good morning. Could these mosquitoes be the modified ones that they put out some time back? Also, I would like to ask if the mosquito spray gives cancer, as that was talk um, back also. Well, let me say this, Miss um, Renita. The um, GMO modified mosquitoes, that project didn't work. And I was in support of at least trying it because these mosquitoes are fierce. <laughs> They are next level. They're like the size of flies now. And you know what? I think they probably always have been because when you talk to older people and you hear how the mosquitoes used to kill the cows and you know what they had to do all night with the, the smoke pan, trying to keep the poor stock alive. And you know it was just horrific. Um, so I'm sure it's gotten better, uh, but mosquitoes are just, oh, they're like cockroaches. They, they're made of a different kind of substance. When God was making stuff, he's like, let me make a few things that are going to torture humans. <laughs> Mosquitoes and cockroaches are all the way at the top of the list, honey chair. Um, so I don't think it's GMO mosquitoes because they would have died out already. What's the life cycle of a mosquito? I don't, I don't think that they last very long, but boy, they're such prolific breeders. Now, Miss Renita, the question that I have 
is why is it that every single year there's an issue with MRCU? I mean, at some point, somebody has got to explain to the good people of the Cayman Islands, oh, planes are broken down. Oh, really? How did that happen again this year? It's like they don't seem to be able to get it together. You know, oh, uh, pilots go on vacation and there's only two pilots and both are approved for vacation. I'm like, do you guys not schedule? Do you not plan? I don't understand how this keeps happening that every single year, oh yeah, we're going to have horrible uh, mosquito season and they seem to be very, very reactive, right? So now we're all being bitten up. Now the plane, the plane finally went out last night, praise the Lord. I saw it in the Savannah, Bordentown area. Somebody messaged me and they said, oh my God, I think I hear the plane. I'm like, mm, are you sure? Um, and they're like, yeah. And I, I was running to, um, our school had teacher appreciation day today. So I was like, okay, I'll make some desserts because they said they wanted dessert, whatever. So I made some brownies and sent along some little donut holes and stuff. And um, I was, when I drove out, I saw the plane. It was headed towards Pedro. And I said, oh gosh, I guess that's good. But we need to talk to MRCU. Can somebody please tell them, make contact? Because we got a lot of questions about why every single year. This is like repeat, repeat, repeat. Doesn't matter who's director. This MRCU seems to have some failures, systemic failures, that we would like to hear what's really going on. Is it the ministry? Is it the chief officer? Is it like, what is the problem? Explain it to us. Ugh. In terms of the mosquito spray causing cancer, um, I think we need to inquire about what chemicals they use. I know that there are certain chemicals that they're not permitted to use that are supposed to be safer. I don't know if there's any pesticide that would be 100% safe. And of course, that's why anytime you um, get fruits and vegetables and stuff like that, those beautiful mangoes I'm always talking about, you got to make sure you soak and you wash off um, anything that you're going to put in your mouth, right? So wash those things off properly. I think back in the day, Vernita, that was probably more so true than it is today because there were chemicals being used in the 50s and 60s that are outlawed now and they were killing, they were killing you. And back then, the general public didn't understand the necessity to, um, you know, wash their fruits and stuff like that. They would just grab something off a tree and eat it. Now we know better. Um, so we can certainly ask some questions about safety of these chemicals, but you know, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, the things I guess that you guys can do around your house is not have sitting water that helps. Cause then there's no breeding ground for mosquitoes cause they need water to be able to lay their eggs. But my goodness, they are fierce. I saw one in my bathroom again this morning. I'm like, we still got mosquitoes in here. I put out the little zapper, the little, um, we have an insect zapper that you put on the countertop. Normally it's zapping flies, but these mosquitoes are so big that it started zapping them too. <laughs> what a hot mess. I got bite marks all over me. I have one on my face, like I think right over here. Um, you know, uh, poor Marlon, I had to rub him down with um, hydrocortisone. He had his entire hand was full of like bite marks because he decided that he was going to go out night before last and work in the garden after dark. And I was like, eh. he has a bee suit, like a protective 
thing that he puts on. And trust me, that was no help against these mosquitoes. They are fierce. Jordan, good morning. He's talking about these kids that came out of Bay. We're going to talk about it after our guests. We've got video that might shock a few of you parents. But ultimately, I'm going to blame the parents here. Your kids are a bunch of hoodlums. Yes, we're well aware. Uh, but you can't let children who are potential hoodlums or whatever might have beef with each other. You guys cannot just let them free out there in the wild to do whatever they want. And trust me, they're acting like animals. When y'all see this video this morning, y'all gonna be shocked. Good morning to Miss Felicia Everton, wee wee. Everton, every time I see your name now, I chuckle because I'm sure you guys heard about this new reality TV show. Well, there's two, there's two things going on. There's a reality TV show that was actually filmed here in the Cayman Islands. Um, they don't have a name for it yet. I'm told that they were, they were playing around with the name Grand Cayman. And I was like, don't even go there. The government should tell them, no, you can't use that name. So a um, couple Caymanians are in it. Uh, Julian Foster, that's Woody's son. I want to see what he's got to say for himself. Julian's a nice guy. I'm like, what the heck would you be doing on reality TV? Um, there's the Bernardo guy, Aaron. Is it Bernardo? Um, he was the young man who was accused and then um, found not guilty of the Kirk Freeport heist. Remember the one with the Rolex watches and stuff? And uh, so he's in it. Um, who else? Some guy named, C is it Cedric or something? Uh, oh, gosh, I need to go back and look at my own notes. I can't, I don't, I don't know who these people are, to be honest. Most of them are like, who? <laughs> um, let me see if I can remember uh who else is in it oh yes um so we have uh aaron bernardo courtney mctaggart no clue who she is julian foster selita ebanks selita ebanks does not even live in the cayman islands when was the last time anybody saw her selita ebanks i'm like huh this is when you're trying to grab those glory days back honey chill um but okay is she still modeling what does she do for a living She's still in New York. Somebody told me back in the day when she uh, when she's being discovered and she told him, oh, she's she's from New York. I was like, mm, I hear you that you people pick and choose where they want to be from when it's convenient from, for them. Um, Craig Jervis and Elizabeth Hurley. Now, Elizabeth Hurley, that's um, what's his name's ex-wife. Um, oh, gosh. What's what's the guy's name again? Hammer. Uh, what's his first name? Anyway, the one that, that has had all the fetishes and he had to disappear for a minute to try to repair his public image. What a hot mess. Oh, somebody said she's been living here since COVID. Oh, really? Who knew? Um, oh, yeah. Somebody else said she was here at Palm Heights all through lockdown. Well, it shows you how much I know about her. No clue. There you go. Um, so she's back. What does she do? Does she work? Or she's living off of some residual something, something, something. All right. So Salita's back, folks, in case you missed that memo. Army Hammer. Yes. So Miss Elizabeth is his wife. Um, she has a business called uh, something. Um, it's like a, is it a sandwich shop or a pastry shop? Something down in the Grove. And so I think her storyline is about her, you know, 
leaving probably army and starting a new life as as a single mom and and uh, doing the whole business thing and whatever. That's her storyline. I don't know what Julian's storyline would be. He's a young Caymanian business owner. And um, Aaron's, again, what does Aaron do for a living? Trust fund kid. Um, does he actually work? I have no clue. <laughs> Honestly, don't know. Who else is in it? Um, oh, yes. Some, some people make cameo appearances. So Frank Schillings will make a cameo appearance. I guess Salida is... I was going to say, would she be the most sort of Caymanian of the group? But not really. It's probably Julian, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. It's an interesting cast lineup, I must say. Now, I like reality TV because it kind of <laughs> is often fun to watch and have a good chuckle. And Cayman is also making an appearance and uh, at 90 Day Fiance. Now, 90 Day Fiance, and I do see our guests. Good morning. We're going to bring them in in a few minutes. 90 Day Fiance is very, very addictive. Whew, if y'all have ever watched those shows, because I'm addicted because I can't believe people are actually that stupid. You meet a total stranger online and you're going to move to their country or they're going to come to your country. All of a sudden, you're just in a relationship with this person. You know nothing really about them. All this stuff they've been telling you, you don't know if you can believe it. Good morning. You're on air. You got a comment or question today? Why do people call me when they know? Oh, maybe she wants me to read a message. Hold on. But um, yes, I, it's, it's, um, it's crazy um, how people put their lives out there. Now, what I would say about reality TV is, um, oh, she accidentally called. Um, one old man taking care of Salida, sugar daddy, he pays her rent. You really lost. Oh gosh, I, I'm clueless. Oh my gosh, really? They're asking what value does she bring to the Cayman Islands? Hmm? Well, that's a whole other situation. But you know, th this this is not a new thing about finding yourself a sugar daddy. I guess, you know, you got to do what you got to do in this world sometimes. The rest of us got to find some real skills and get to work. Um, that's my reminder that guests are here. <laughs> I got to remind myself. So listen, uh, one more comment about reality TV, and then we're going to go and chat with our guests. Um, so Cayman is being featured in this episode of, um, on this season of 90 Day Fiancé. So there's some lady, I guess she's American, who is talking about the fact that um, she has found this nice guy in the Cayman Islands, and he is going to be um, investing land with her in some craziness. Now, he happens to be Jamaican. And I, I ain't saying that all Jamaicans are here to take advantage of people, but I'm saying she probably should have investigated this particular fella a little bit more. He don't look like he can help her buy no big time property. And oh, they're gonna build it. She's got big plans to build some condo. See what Jaron said? Jaron says he's robbing her blind. Of course he is. I'm not even watching it. And I can tell you already that of course he is. I hear he works as a, um, uh, he works like on a, a dive boat or whatever. He's in the tourism industry. They can find the worst of the worst. And I don't know if it's just that these are people who are online trying to find themselves a little spouse or whatever, but listen to this clip and then we're going to take a commercial break and bring our guests in. On having a place for you to stay. Did I tell you about the land? We just closed on it last month. 
Everton and I are starting a business. I recently bought a big plot of land in Grand Cayman, and Everton and I are going to develop it together. It was all his idea, and I trust his vision, so... <laughs> My plan is to build apartments there and maybe a little restaurant. How did you pay for that? Um, home equity. Uh -oh. So I pulled it out of the house. No. Is that the smartest decision? I did what I had to do, but I'm not going to mess this up. Okay, it's I'm not, not gonna that you're going to mess it up. Is he going to mess it up? Um, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I paused, but no. Is it land in your name or is it in his name? The land is in my name, but I gave him power of attorney. Uh, girl. So. What uh, the f You made him power of attorney? Isn't that what a husband's supposed to Why the hell do you have a husband, husband bitch? Well, what? he will be one day. So where's your ring? Oh, my God. Are you engaged? Yeah. I don't see a ring. Mm -mm. Did he ask you? Yeah, a long time ago. In the first four years of our relationship, Everton and I, we were referring to each other as fiancé. Like, we considered ourselves uh -huh. engaged and moving into marriage. And even though Everton hasn't officially proposed since we've gotten back together, it's not something I'm worried about because we're already right back on track from where we left off when we were. I know the relationship that I'm in. We're engaged, like we've bought something together, we have this land, we're building a business. He has the skills to turn it into something I don't. So I know that mm. we'll be successful together. My concern is he takes care of so many people. Mm. Everton supports his mother financially, and he also has two sons from two previous relationships. Oh, here we go. But also, Everton will give money to whoever asks. Mm. He does a lot more than he should for the mothers of his children. Mm -hmm. He takes care of and helps out his siblings and friends, and I've even seen strangers. So Rangers. now you're going to take care of all those people with the land that you bought, basically. Um, that I'm, I'm trying not to. Oh, my. Well, always take care of his kids, of course. Nobody <laughs> knows that we got the land. And so the second... Well, no, nobody know. knows. You don't think he's told his baby mamas? <laughs> no, there's no way, because the uh, second they is know... Is there no way? Yes, because the second they know he has it, they're going to want more from him. How are you going to prevent what that? That's what I'm trying to get him to understand is I, up until this point, your money has been your money. I don't ask questions what you do with it, but I just transferred six figures to buy this piece of land. If that's your money, you need to know everything. Everton financially supports a lot of people in this life. So I worry that he's basically just agreeing to take Jordan's money to make a better life for him, his kids and his mom. But what is she really getting in return out of that? All right, folks, we're going to pause it there because I tell you what, this this is going to be um, the, the gift that keeps on giving in terms of a storyline. We already see this plot line. She claims this man has given money to total strangers. Honey child, they're not strangers. You better check out their relationship between him and these strangers. So Everton has just gone from probably nobody in the Cayman Islands knowing him to his picture being splattered all over the place. I saw you guys posting it in the comment section. And now we all know who Everton is. Poor guy. He's probably trying to keep, you know, he's probably floating about four or five relationships and trying to keep it on the down low. You don't, listen, you can never be on the DL and be on reality TV. It doesn't work. 
Um, we've got Teresa, what's her name? Judishi, whatever her name is. She's gone to jail, both her and the husband. Because when you put your life in the public, this is what happens. And you're not on the up and up with stuff. People start asking questions. People start digging. So now everybody knows who Everton is. The baby mamas are like, oh, really? He got this six-figure income that he's, you know, six-figure property that he's now got power of attorney. Has he really been paying child support? Has he really been taking care of those kids? Oh, we're going to have so many questions. This is probably going to get Everton in more hot water than ever um, with his situation when he was just trying to live his best, you know, gigolo life. And uh, there's also the one, um, what's the name of the one from the other Housewives series? Um, Housewives of, oh gosh, uh, which one is that? Um, oh, she went to jail recently as well for, for stealing millions of dollars. She was a con artist. Um, she had some big time scam going. And she literally stole millions of dollars from um, old people in some scam. I forget what her, what she's, oh God, the city's on the top of my tongue. Anyway, she was recently sentenced to multiple uh, years in jail and now she's carted off as well. Listen, there's something interesting about people who want to be on reality TV. And it's it's weird because people have money, they have all this other stuff, but there's something enticing about reality TV. They want the fame of being known. And reality TV brings that to you. You can open up a world of opportunities because all of a sudden, you know, you can throw up a business and everybody's like, oh yeah, go patronize this business because, you know, they're on reality TV. Uh, a, a lot of times it's really not the brightest thing in the world to do, especially when you have something to hide. If you got more than one skeleton in your closet, take my advice and leave reality TV alone. Johan is saying that Everton is now an international legend. <laughs> we'll see. Jim says um, she lost hers given power of attorney. To me, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Uh, not actually, no, but one of the craziest things. Uh, Jaron is here for it, so she needs to check if he's got kids back in Jamaica. Uh, pretty sure he does. Um, Jim says she's not a very bright woman. Um, Johan wants his pic shared. He's buying all the drinks this weekend. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's crazy. But anyway, uh, thank you, Vanessa, Teresa Gudici, Gudici. I always, she always has a different pronunciation of her name. Um, so Salt Lake city, what's the one from Salt Lake city that recently went to jail? Anywho, we'll come back to this folks. Um, we have, Johan is asking if, if CMR is Cayman's version of reality TV. We're better than that, Johan. But listen, we'll come back to the story because it's very, very interesting and it is developing. Like I said, I don't traditionally watch the series, but I might actually tune in for this one because, you know, when you see a train wreck coming, sometimes you do kind of want to watch it. We'll be right back after these messages. The Department of Environmental Health has announced that the November bulk waste collection schedule has been replaced by one in the month of May, starting with West Bay, May the 1st through the 6th. Please note that following West Bay, there will be a Georgetown bulk waste collection from May the 8th through the 13th, and then Bodentown from May the 15th through the 20th, followed by Northside and East End from May the 22nd through the 27th. Stay tuned to this platform for more bulk waste scheduling information. 
The annual business surveys being conducted by the Economics and Statistics Office, ESO, are ongoing. The surveys run from April 11th to June 16th, 2023, and collect information to answer questions like, how did the economy perform in 2022? What is the value of the income received from the rest of the world in 2022? Your response matters. Fill out and return your surveys to the ESO. Remember, better data, better decisions, better business. For assistance, visit www.eso.ky or call 244-4600 or 244-4676. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle, amazing pristine diving, limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. Honey, you remember to bring your lunch, right? Oh, come on. You know I wouldn't. Seriously? Popeyes? Hmm, Popeyes. Popeyes to the rescue again. <laughs> Mommy, I prefer this to your chicken anyway. Oh, no, you didn't. K-Man doesn't just like that chicken. We love that chicken from Popeyes. Mm, mm, mm. Well, folks, um, y'all don't, don't touch that dial because whew, I just got some sus after our guests. But the, the guests are here for very important information. So I want y'all to pay attention now. Class is in session. We're just going to switch the subject on you just a little bit. Um, but somebody just sent me something that I'm, I'm rubbing my glasses to make sure I'm seeing what, what, what I'm seeing. Well, good morning to Dr. Nick Gent, the Cayman Islands at CMO, Chief Medical Officer, is here with us this morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Uh, very well. Thank you. Yourself? Yes, very good. So nice to see you here on the program. We've got a lot of people tuned in to you this morning. And, um, you know, you, we're going to get into all the wonderful stuff that you're going to be sharing with us. We also have... Um, Dr. I believe she's a doctor. Yes. Rachel uh, Corbett, who is also here with us and no stranger. They've both been on the program before. Good morning and welcome again. Morning. Great to be back. Uh, I'm not actually a doctor. Not a doctor. But um, (laughs) thank you for the honorary title. (laughs) Well, she is still well qualified as our national epidemiologist um, here in the Cayman Islands. Now, um, Rachel, just in case some people might not know what that big fancy word epidemiologist means, um, break it down for us and tell us what that is, because you're the first one that we've had, the first epidemiologist for the Cayman Islands. Sure, yeah, of course. So epidemiology basically means to study the spread of disease. So um, in my role here, that that is what I'm looking to do, but very much to understand 
the health status here in Cayman to gather data to look at infectious diseases, but also non non infectious, non communicable diseases, um, to understand the burden that there is of them here and understand who it's affecting. So you often look at different whether diseases occurring amongst different age groups or different parts of the population to try and then inform what we do about it, how we prevent that, how we control it, and how we try and improve health um, here for the country. Um, so um, I'm based in the Ministry of Health and Wellness, so I also help input onto health policy from an epidemiological standpoint as well uh, and, and get involved. If we do have outbreaks, get involved in trying to help control them. All right. Very good. Well, thank you so much. And of course, we all saw the need for this um, level of expertise uh, in our government after COVID because really um, it was shocking to know that we didn't have one here. And you know, I guess no one had ever thought about it until we had this, this outbreak, this pandemic, and that became obvious why it's important to have um, an epidemiologist on hand. And so, you know, just because we're not in the middle of a pandemic doesn't mean that Miss um, Rachel and, this, and the um, Dr. Gent are not busy at work doing a lot of different things. One of the uh, initiatives that they're currently working on is the STEP survey for 2023. So just remind our listeners, Dr. Gent, what is the STEP uh, survey and what is it uh, What is it that you're trying to achieve with it? Thanks. Uh, STEP survey is an internationally uh, standardized uh, system of collecting the data that we need to understand the risk of non-communicable diseases mm -hmm. in the population of Cayman and also compare ourselves to other countries. It's hugely important because we're not collecting information about uh, the diseases themselves per se. We want to know about the precursors of disease so that we can plan with um, with everybody, how we can avoid disease in the future. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 really about prevention, and mm -hmm. we're really interested in what we what we're going to see about the state of uh, people's nutritional habits, their exercise habits, about their consumption of things like alcohol and tobacco. Um, but we'll also be collecting data on uh, their physical status, how tall they are, uh, what their body mass is. Um, uh, what their blood pressure is. And we'll be collecting a little bit of information also, which starts to lead into whether or not there's already uh, some signs of early disease. So uh, we'll be uh, asking people as well as filling out, uh, uh, helping us to fill out for them uh, an extensive questionnaire uh, and take those, those body measurements. We'll also be asking for a drop of blood, and that is literally it, one drop of blood, um, to look at things like the blood sugar and the level of lipids, cholesterol in the blood. So looking for potentially early signs. So it's all the way from those precursors about whether the, whether the diet is, is healthy or not, to whether people are exercising, to whether or not they've already got established um, signs of, of problems such as being a bit overweight um, mm -hmm. uh, right through to whether or not we're seeing some early signs of blood sugars being a little bit too high, cholesterols not being in ideal range, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. So um, knowing the health of, of the nation, so to speak, um, obviously means that the government can prioritize uh, funding in different areas and just make better informed decisions, right? Yes, uh, because all our information presently comes from either 
the survey that the 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 step survey that was done over 10 years ago and now is um, it's out of date for current use but very important for us to see how the population has changed over that 10 mm. 10 year plus period or seeing the extent of developed disease um, right. and we i mean i already know from the work that i do looking at referral practices and things like that that um, we already i'm already very concerned about uh, things like the levels of of kidney failure the numbers of people who are requiring interventions for mm -hmm. heart disease uh, the numbers of people with complications of diabetes they they look uncomfortably high to me but without having this this data about lifestyle mm -hmm. um it's really very difficult for rachel and myself to make any recommendations about the scale of intervention needed to prevent the epidemics of mm -hmm. non-communicable disease um, that that are you know are sitting there in the background that's a good question. Um, you know, recently we've heard some sort of, I guess, uh, criticism of how um, different agencies go around collecting data and information. Mm -hmm. Do you think it would make sense for the steps information to maybe be put together with um, what the ESO does? Like if they go out every four years and they do a census, mm -hmm. can they not include some of these health related questions as part of their, their census? I mean, listen, if I'm going to sit down yeah. for 10, 20 minutes um, to do a census and, and answer how many, about how many TVs I have in my house, you might as well, while you're at it, put some health questions in there and ask me about my health. Is there much any thought given yeah. to yeah. trying to just, just to save people from feeling like, Oh, they're overwhelmed by all these surveys. <laughs> to, um, yeah. Yeah. Know, no, it's, it's a good point, and we've been working with ESO um, on uh, uh, this this survey. It's quite a detailed survey, and it has a quite distinct methodology mm. uh, when compared to uh, the census. The census captures everybody. Here, we're capturing a representative uh, sample of the population, so a little bit different. But the point okay. you make is a really, really good one. And um, one of the one of the things that uh, Rachel and myself have been doing is we've been meeting uh, a number of people who provide information, such as the registrar's office, as well as ESO and others looking at the work that's already being done on things like registration of non-communicable disease. We're trying to get a handle on how it might be possible to better capture uh, information from uh, a wide range of healthcare providers mm. so that we can have a data-driven planning system. Mm. Currently, there's a, lot of in, there's a lot of data out there in the system, but it's not, it's not linked together. It's, for various reasons, not become available uh, to people like ourselves. And so we can't turn that data into information and information into policy. And so in the background, uh, we, we have been doing a lot of that, and you're absolutely right to have mm -hmm. a much, much more better integrated system for the future is ideal, and we would very much like to see that. But at the present time, we're building on what we've got. Right. Okay. Well, let's focus a little bit then on um, NCDs. The first question is, what does that stand for and what does it mean? I'll pass over to Rachel. She's been sitting <laughs> quietly and... Uh... <laughs> sure. So NCD stands for non-communicable diseases, mm -hmm. um, which essentially means diseases that 
don't pass from one person to another by in, infectious or um, contagious means. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at infectious diseases, we're thinking about things that can pass from one person to another, maybe by respiratory droplets in the air or by by physical contact or by eating contaminated food and things like that. So those mm-hmm. are what we call um communicable or infectious diseases and then the diseases that we're talking about here are non-communicable and so they're mostly linked to kind of as the CMOs mentioned some more about lifestyle behaviors and choices Mm -hmm. there are aspects where they can be um, hereditary and passed through families but otherwise a lot of the the drive behind um, them developing people's lives is more around our behaviors and so we're thinking about things like diabetes hypertension obesity these kind of conditions um, they often have quite a long duration so that they, they can impact on people's lives a lot um, as uh, once established um, it's then something which takes quite a while to, to work with and they can also take quite a long time to present so it might be that it takes a little while before someone realizes that, that they're there Mm. so part of us doing this survey as well is we might pick up on things that maybe indicate um the start of or or just before someone possibly developing one of these diseases and depending on how much contact they have with healthcare services um it, it may be that they are aware of that quite soon or it may be that that takes a little while longer um so it's it's helpful for us to understand um as well kind of the proportion of the population that are leading towards these conditions that maybe mm-hmm. aren't quite there yet. Yeah, I saw something recently that said, um, was it one in four kids as they are um, entering school? Starting school, they enter grade. Yeah, so 26% are either overweight or obese. Oh um, so that's data that's come from our school health program. So right. part of our public health team will go and do screening with children when they start school in entry grade yes. and also in year six before they move to um, high school. And That's the data shocking. from, and yeah, it's high, isn't it? The data from 22 slash 23 intake shows 26% when they start are either overweight or obese. But by the time they leave in year six, that's gone up to 40%. Mm. So that's also the shocking thing is that during that, that progression mm. through primary school, Mm-hmm. We've seen quite a high jump, and most of that jump is more in the in the overweight category than the obese category going up, um, in in that uh, age band. So it's really it's a really important time in children's life for mm-hmm. you know they're developing so much in so many different ways, and it's yes. really important to try and ensure that we can give them the best start, that we can yeah. give them the best um, education and understanding on how to look after themselves. This is mm-hmm. when a lot of behaviours are started to be formed at an early age. So I think this is a really important time to try and capture um, what is, is happening in that time when mm-hmm. they're in the health status and, and what we can do to try and improve that. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I mean, I find that shocking. We do have a call on the line. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the program. Good morning. Yes, sir. Um, I wonder if your guests can um, uh, tell us whether it's possible for them to get as a standard um, uh, test in the local hospitals so that people can test their fructose level, not just their glucose level. Okay. Mm, that's an interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. We don't conventionally um, measure fructose levels because fructose is a sugar which is metabolized. And um, and so I'm not sure what the the 
value of that would be. But if mm -hmm. I took the wider question, which mm -hmm. is to say, uh, what is the availability of testing for precursors to diabetes? Uh, and that can be done in a number of ways. It can be done through urine sugars. It can be done through blood sugar. And it can be done uh, through a test that's particularly good uh, for monitoring the, the state of diabetes, that's the hemoglobin A1C marker, mm -hmm. then I think it may very well be that if we uh, see in the STEP survey indications that there is uh, quite a high level of pre-diabetic change, either because of we're bothered about the body mass profile or we're bothered about what we're seeing in the blood sugar testing that we're doing, um, then that that is an interesting thought. Um, you know, it doesn't. Uh, these kind of tests don't need to be done in in a hospital. They can be done, uh, you know, in pharmacies and 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 plenty of other uh, plenty plenty of other localized healthcare settings. But it might it might very well be something that is of interest. But I think I would be taking, I would be presuming what we're seeing out of the step survey uh, before. Before, before we've done it, um, the, mm -hmm. the, the the thing we should be doing, um, I think, is 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 getting the results of the step survey. But I would also say that um, uh, we the, there is there is potentially one fallacy here that we think um, that we need to be careful of. Um, mm. That that is there isn't an automatic connection between obesity and diabetes. Um, you can get some people of normal body weight who develop diabetes and some people who are mm -hmm. obese that don't develop diabetes. So we have to have a bit more of a holistic approach. And we need to remember that things like uh, having a good body mass is not just about avoiding what is a much higher risk of diabetes, mm -hmm. but it's also about avoiding the risk of heart disease as well. So there's not a simple A equals B equals C kind of thing here. Right. We, 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 need, we need to, and that's why STEPS is actually taking a lot of data in, not just some one or two simple things. It's, it's about, us, about us saying the, a more comprehensive like you know good lifestyle looks like and if we can if we can if we can show the link between what currently people's health status is or particularly their um their precursor of their health statuses in terms of things like body mass and the like and what that will turn into into a disease burden in 10 20 30 years time mm -hmm. uh, then we can say to policy people do you think we've got the balance of funding right in that, mm -hmm. you know, a predominantly funding is for uh, management of disease, but, but realistically, the management of prevention of disease might now, if spent now, save us down the line, mm -hmm. 20, as well as, of course, making sure that people have longer lives, higher quality lives, and families stay together longer. All right, Carla, you had another question, another follow-up point? Yeah, um, I'm particularly concerned about um, the foods that our kids eat in school, mm -hmm. um, particularly processed foods. Mm. And when you talk about sugar, mm. if you're talking about sucrose, that's 50% glucose and 50% fructose. 
Correct. Well, if you're only measuring the glucose, why are you not measuring the fructose? Because the fructose is far more damaging. It's only it's it's it has the greatest impact, negative impact on the liver. So I don't see why we would want to ignore that. Okay, not I I, I start to see. I, I'm just saying that. Yeah, I start to see anyway, where you're coming from. Your point about fructose. We should be counting the fructose in addition to the glucose, because if not, we're we're only looking at half of the problem. Okay, uh, Ron. I, 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 I think okay. going to respond to that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from with your point about fructose. Now they are in a one-to-one relationship, so the so you measure one, you're going to effectively measure both because one's a proxy for both, mm-hmm. and so and and the and the and the blood glu- blood glucose test is extremely well validated. And so it it gives it gives us an understanding of the issue about about you know whether or not somebody's in a diabetic state or not. But come back to what I think is an excellent point that you're making, which is about the dietary precursors that we're seeing for um, for for obesity. And indeed, if you're talking about fructose, um, I'm very, very surprised whenever I look around supermarket foods in Cayman after when I read the ingredients list about how many of them have added high fructose corn syrup in as 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 a as 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 an additive. Um, and I'm very, very surprised when I can find the data on uh, on how how many calories are in a lot of the uh, things that sit on our shop shelves. Um, I think this is, I think, I think uh, people are, the manufacturers are responding to a, a taste type that has developed. This is my personal theory, but uh, I think people are, the manufacturers are responding to a taste type, which is very North American and has come to Cayman that people like, um, uh, like their foods sweeter, um, so using dressings that that, that can that contain sugar bases, um, mm-hmm. using glazes. I mean, you know, uh, on on barbecued meats and things like that that contain mm-hmm. sugar. Very often, the core food in there is is good. It's healthy. But those little additives and those little changes, and particularly looking at uh, you know the pre-processed food and the and the cooked chill and so on, there's some very good stuff on the shelves. Believe me, you've got but you've got to really look yes. at the labels to find out and you know just see some of the quantities of some of the some of the unhealthy things that have been mm-hmm. added, and particularly the sugars and mm-hmm. salts are you know are two things I I draw people's attention to that that you, you develop a taste for, but you can also wean yourself off it. Mm-hmm. And when you wean yourself off it and start to taste the natural food behind it, um, you don't go back. <laughs> yes. And it's shocking how much sugar seeps into things. I mean, yeah. I have friends who love ketchup. They can't eat anything without ketchup. They eat ketchup and rice. Like it's a thing, (laughs) right? And um, I remember my girlfriend um, saying to me that when she tested positive for diabetes, one of the things when they were interested in looking at her diet, they said, you've got to cut, because she loves ketchup. They Mm. said, you've got to cut out ketchup because Mm. ketchup has sugar in it. And Mm. apparently quite uh, an enormous amount of sugar. Mm. And I didn't know that. And like you said, sometimes you've got to really force yourself to read labels for hidden ingredients. 
Um, you know, she struggled with giving up the ketchup, I can tell you. Yeah, I'm, f I'm fine other ways around it. I mean, you know, when I, when, I, when, I was a, when I was a lad growing up in the 1960s, I mean, the food, the food was dreadful. And, you know, you, ketchup was the, and things like that were lifesavers to put some flavour into things. Now in Kmart, there's really, there's really no excuse. The, the mm -hmm. shops and the markets are full of things like flavour. And so, for instance, I mean, you know, yes, I, I like that kind of flavors that ketchup had. But what I do is I make I make a salsa, I, you know, finely chopped diced tomato, shallots, some lime juice on it, uh, you know, and, and finding those kind of replacements um, are, are really important. I mean, I've, I've had my own struggles with being being quite severely overweight and I've 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 found alternatives like that and. It's it's really worthwhile doing. You find there's a world of flavour there, and if you can't, if you if you can't find good flavours in Cayman, you you can't find them anywhere. The mm -hmm. quality of the fish, the quality of the vegetables. I mean, it's it 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 is somebody like myself who enjoys going home and cooking. I mean, this is paradise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We do have a lot of, of good food here, and um, you know, now we also have knowledge. Um, which I think, uh, Doctor and Rachel, is so important because I mm. watch a lot. I subscribe to like a lot of fitness, um, you know, videos and stuff like this, and getting recipes where you can see how to make healthier substitutions. Mm. You can still enjoy it's like the like cauliflower rice, and you know, you can mm -hmm. make anything out of cauliflower. Apparently, I saw one the other day that was like a cauliflower pizza. I had to look twice at it because it looked <laughs> like just flour-based pizza, but it wasn't. Um, and look just as tasty, I must say, making your own dressing. So sometimes you can't vouch for what's in a dressing, but if you make it yourself, yeah. you know the exact yeah. ingredients and stuff that you're using. And uh, this information, these recipes are readily available on social media, on YouTube, TikTok, and other places um, so that you can really still enjoy your food without having to make too many sacrifices in terms of taste. Um, so one, per one person had a question that I thought was interesting. And they wanted to know what policy decisions, this is Flashpoint. Flashpoint says what policy decisions were made by the government based on the results of the last survey? So um, that's, I think, a fantastic question. It is a fantastic question. I'll be honest, I can't answer it. <laughs> I've, be, I've been here six or seven months. I'm starting to find that, uh, you know, a, a, lot, a lot of past, past detail and a lot of past data. Um, I I think probably uh, people saw, uh, and I've seen the data from that past survey, I think they probably saw problems, but I'm not sure that they were addressed uh, as aggressively as we would like, uh, but I think it would be unfair for me to prejudge that. We do have health promotion programs that are running and have been supported by government in the Cayman Islands, uh, and uh, they, they, it's a small team down at the public health unit, but we're supported by other voluntary groups as well who do a very good job of trying to encourage people to understand their health and fitness. Um, but I think also bear in mind, it was a one point in time survey then. And I think what we're doing now by having a second survey, which is comparative, we are going to be able to see whether or not there's been change and seeing whether change and particularly change for the worse is a very, very good driver for policy. 
I think it is. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. It's a great question. And it's actually one we've we've raised ourselves to understand, you know, what did go on around the, the last survey, what our learnings were from it, what things we could do differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came up as an item of we haven't got clear, clear examples of actions of things that happened off the back of it. I'm sure mm-hmm. that the data will have informed discussions and things at the time, but I can't point to a clear intervention and say this, this was an outcome mm-hmm. um, of mm-hmm. using that data. And so we've already mm-hmm. started conversations here in the ministry of, okay, well, we know the timing that we're running steps. Mm-hmm. We know a rough timing of when we're hoping that the data will be reported and available and how can we use that in our ministry and how can we make sure that that's available for other ministries to use because you know health is something that comes into everything Mm -hmm. how healthy your workforce is will impact on your economy and many other areas so it's something that we're trying to be quite hot on this time of let's Mm -hmm. make sure that there is clear Mm -hmm. progression from gathering this data I mean I can say that people come to me I've not been here that long myself either, but people come to mm-hmm. me and ask me, can you give me the prevalence of X, Y, and Z? And I have mm-hmm. to point back to the previous survey. We've had nothing since. So I, I know the data's used, but I can't give you a clear policy example where I've, I've seen right. that. Because I mean, people, if they're going to participate in surveys, and by the one, by the way, there's another one this evening, I'll give you guys the details here in a second at the Mary Miller Hall. People want to know that if I participate and I take the time to show up, that it's going to be useful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Why do it? Yeah, of course. Um, so what is it that we do know? And um, I was just thinking as you were um, talking about, you know, the overall health of our community and what some of the indicators are with our children, we look at the adult population and we can see the adult population by and large looks pretty unhealthy as well. And I always start at the tops. <laughs> I think of our MPs, I could probably count on one hand the number of MPs that I would say just by looking at them might have a lower BMI and might be on that. But like you said, that's not always an indication because uh, some people might, might just be slim, but their, their numbers, you know, they could still be suffering from high blood pressure, diabetes and other things. Um, but, you know, they, they, the leaders in this country don't really seem like they have a good handle on how to um, address non-communicable diseases and lifestyle changes for themselves. So I think we need to kickstart like a whole, you know, island-wide um, initiative, health and wellness. And it was interesting that this was the first time for the particular ministry of the health ministry, wellness has been added on. But I don't mm. think yet we've really gotten on the bandwagon of what is wellness. We need to really start pushing. And, you know, I think as a country, we should all be getting, a, I'm not going to say five o'clock in the morning, maybe six and, uh, you know, doing some Tai Chi, some extra, like something that I think your ministry needs to spearhead, like the, the children, you know, get them doing calisthenics in school first thing in the morning, get the, get the blood going. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like there's so much more that could be done under the wellness umbrella for the health ministry. But what is yeah. it that we know about the non-communicable diseases in the Cayman Islands? So the results from the last survey, which is one of the main places that we draw on, uh, showed us that 70% of the adult population are either overweight or obese and 37% are obese. So that does show that there's a clear um, burden here of, of being overweight, of, of having a higher body mass index. And as you've mentioned, that that then tends to be a risk factor for other health complications. So that's one clear area that has shown to be high. I mean, it is high in, in other countries around the world. The Cayman is no mm-hmm. exception here. This is an, an epidemic happening globally. Um, but we'll be really interested to see 
from the results this time, whether that has gone up, whether that stayed at a similar rate. Maybe it's gone down. I'll be surprised, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, <laughs> what we also were aware of is that um, 40 percent of the population um, were found to have raised blood pressure at the last survey. And what was mm. quite interesting there was 15 percent um, were not on medication for that. So either maybe weren't aware of it or weren't able to access healthcare at the time to be on medication. So that's kind of a really clear public health um, point where we can say, okay, let's then look to see what we can do to address this. Let's mm-hmm. look to make sure that people do know their health status, that they do have the right access to get healthcare, um, right. because that's somewhere which we know we can be having an impact. Um, yeah. So that's one way that the survey can kind of find this hidden disease that maybe people aren't necessarily aware of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Blood pressure being a silent uh, silent killer, it's, it's important to know your numbers. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I could, if I could just also come back on one, one of the points that you're making about leadership and public health and wellness. Uh, in some respects, you're, you're, you're right. Wellness, wellness is, is a newly recognised, not just in Cayman, uh, but around the world as, as, mm-hmm. as, as an essential part of, of health. Uh, and I'd, I'd have to say, I think it's taken very seriously across government and government departments seeing themselves mm-hmm. as public, public health uh, units in their own right and I think probably quietly a number of very very important things have been achieved that people mm-hmm. haven't um, haven't maybe publicized as such as good I mean for instance Cayman is is regarded as one of one of the leaders in terms of tobacco control um, and that is an absolute health hazard there's no you know there's no safe level of tobacco smoking and so on and mm-hmm. the steps that have been taken around tobacco control um, and came in as being, a, a, you know, a member of the, the treaty on international treaty on tobacco control is a huge, huge step forward. But also, I think that's an interesting point that you also make about our leaders. And we should remember they're human mm-hmm. and they and they and everybody else need to take care of themselves. And, particularly yes. and they're in I, very stressful jobs. So. I, that's that's exactly my point mm-hmm. that we we. We must be careful about criticism of people, yeah. and I see them every day. I see the amount of work they're doing. I see the mm-hmm. stress that they're under, and I have great sympathies. They're doing a job I would not have for the world. I, you know, and mm-hmm. and giving them back their time so that they can um, take care of themselves is Absolutely. something I don't think we've thought about carefully enough. Yeah. No, and I mean, every event they go to, there's food. I mean, there's so much in the way of temptations. Uh, some of them I know are, are, you know, they sleep very, very poorly. Um, you know, some, there's a few in there, there's still smokers. Um, I remember last, uh, during the last election cycle, Alva Sakun, he's talked publicly about this former MP, was, you know, discussing how um, he had found um, a, a, basically a blood clot that was, I think it was traveling up his leg or something. And initially, because he had gone back into the gym, he started working out. He thought it was just soreness from that. And mm. um, he went to the HSA and, and someone, a physician there kind of prompted him to test more. They said, mm, something feels a little bit off about this. I want to encourage you to do some additional testing. And lo and behold, he found that it was something that eventually would have killed him. Had yeah. it not, uh, had there, he not sought medical intervention and had surgery and, you know, but again, lifestyle changes, you've got to do things that, you know, are not beneficial to your health, um, smoking, drinking, or some of the worst things you can do, um, lack of exercise, um, 
you know, not having proper stress and stress management control mechanisms in your life as well. Mm. So no, I think our leaders are just, uh, they're just a representation of us. You know, when you say 70%, probably at least 70% of our leaders are in the exact same position as 70% of the general population. Um, so, you know, the question here is, what is it that we don't know? So are there any questions that were not on the last um, survey that you've incorporated now because maybe you saw gaps of information that we didn't have that now you do feel that we should be aware of? That's definitely one for Rachel if she's been <laughs> doing all this detailed survey design. So we've um, one way to make sure we can compare what's this, what's changed from last time to this time is to keep a bulk of the questions the same because you need to ask them in the same way and ask the same things to be able to compare. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the survey is similar, um, right. but it has it has developed um, over time by by the WHO who's, who's designed it. Um, and I think there are um, more targeted questions around health screening in there. I think those have developed a bit as well over time. So we asked some things um, uh, sex specific of when did you last have a mammogram and how, how recent was that? When did you last have a prostate examination? When did you last have a cervical smear? So we're looking to try and see whether our um, early detection approaches are, are working, whether that's happening recently um, here in the country. But I'd say in general, the bulk of the questionnaire um, is very similar to last time so that we can make that um, comparison. Um, and we're talking about conditions that haven't really changed in nature since the last 10 years. These are still things that people are facing now. So there hasn't been huge necessarily, you know, developments in in those um, lifestyle choices or diseases since then. We, we include different examples to make sure it's current. So when we're talking about exercise and we ask people, do you do moderate exercise or do you do high intensity? You know, we include examples so that people can draw from their life or what they do. So we've, we've made it um, relevant time-wise for those examples um but the content is fairly similar hmm. all right very good all right folks 936-2626 is a telephone number if you have any questions for a guest again they're here from the health ministry talking about the 2023 uh, step survey and uh, one of the focus areas today is talking about these non-communicable diseases which are things that you suffer from that you can't necessarily pass on but you know um when you were given that definition rachel i was thinking we pass it on by way of um, bad habits to our children, right? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not it's like a chicken pox where they're going to catch it from each other, yeah. but yeah. As, as a society, we're passing Absolutely. on a lot of these, you know. Absolutely. Ugh, and that's, so that's why these are, these are big issues that are, you know, everyone needs to get on board with if we're going to mm -hmm. do something about it. This is this is something for individual choice to play a key role, but this is also, you know, what we choose to do in society, how we choose to talk about things, how we choose to pass on information, as you say, approaches from mm -hmm. government, approaches from the, the, the private sector as well. It, it, it impacts everyone. Um, and it, it is a is a challenge for everyone to take up if we're going to try and make change that is lasting. And is, yeah. as you say, then can pass down to future generations in a healthier way. Absolutely. And what do you intend um, to do with the information and how is it going to be applied? Yes. So once we've finished gathering the data, so the survey runs through June and through July. Um, and so then we'll gather the data all in then. And so we'll have a series of um, and time just for announcing and analyzing the data and pulling together a full report. 
um, which we then will be sharing. So that's publicly available. So residents, anyone who took part in the survey who wants to see the results, um, other healthcare providers, stakeholders, we want this to be accessible to everyone on island. We'll only be reporting the data in large aggregate groups. Um, so it won't be broken down in small detail in any way. It will only be broken down by males and females and by two age groups. Um, just so that people are aware, there's, there's no way that you'll be able to identify an individual's um, result from the way it's presented at all, because um, they'll be grouped with hundreds of other people. Um, and then from that, we're going to look to try and um, kind of keep the conversation going. So we'll be looking to to come onto other talk shows and radio shows as well to share the results and, and discuss that. And then it's the time to progress that, as we've said before, into what we can we do with this in policy and, and how can we then take, see what the priorities are that come out from the results and take that conversation forward of, of what do we do next. Okay, great. So you've got um, another location this evening. You've been going through all of the different districts. How has the participation uh, been thus far? I'll be honest, it's been very low, <laughs> um, which I don't think was a surprise. Um, but we've had some very meaningful and helpful conversations. Um, it's been a great chance for us and the team that's been doing the planning and doing the logistics to meet with individuals, to meet with residents in the community, hear their questions, hear their concerns, um, understand what has been well communicated to them, understand if there are things they're not clear on and how we can make sure that we um, communicate that better going forwards. Um, but also it's, it's been really great to hear that people have heard about it. I think we've, mm -hmm. we've tried to get the word out and that's, that's going well so far. Um, and people have really been very receptive and, uh, want to share the word, even if we've had a small, small turnout to some of the events, they've then also been keen to share the word on WhatsApp groups and, and keep the conversation going themselves, which we really appreciate. So yeah, we're at the Mary Miller Hall, as you said, this evening from 630 Mm -hmm. um, it's focused for Georgetown, but really anyone is very welcome to come and join us um, and we'll speak a bit about it and have a lot of time for questions. Right. So what happens if I show up this evening and you tell me a shocker like, you know, you've got high blood pressure, which wouldn't be a shocker to me. But, um, you know, what what then uh, do you how do you support those individuals in getting the uh, medical attention that they need? Sure. So j just for clarity tonight, it's an information event. But if you did take part in the survey and we found that yeah. result, um, yes. So we will have um, a few thresholds that we'll, we're giving to our team that are doing, doing the survey. So if they see a result that is um, either um, higher than you normally expect or cons very concerningly high, then there's different advice that they will give. It's still um, up to the individual to seek the care for themselves. This is just a recommendation. If it falls into the elevated category then the advice generally is to go and see your primary care physician mm -hmm. um, and, and get advice from them going forwards let them know that you've they that you've got a higher level of maybe raised blood pressure if that's what it was or raised sugars than than then was expected and and take that forward with them for people that take part in the survey we will give them a rec record of all these physical measurements so they won't have to you know remember the numbers themselves they will have a paper copy of it mm -hmm. um, if there is someone that has a very concerningly high um, metric, then the advice will be to go to a &E, um, mm -hmm. if they fall into a category that's that severe. So um, there are pathways for both of those um, to make sure that individuals are A, aware of what we've um, measured, they've, mm -hmm. got, they've got the result themselves and they've been given advice if it falls into one of those categories. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, again, uh, Denny, our previous caller, just wanted to stress that we cannot assume that people are only consuming sucrose, uh, so we should measure fructose independently. I think the point was made. Um, all right, very good. Any questions? Um, Savannah Primary says, Gabby, have morning mile on the school track before school starts. That's good to hear. Mm -hmm. um, I think everybody should be doing that. Uh, Cameron says um, that they just bought a piece of land and spots designed for a wellness center. Another dream to come through in 20 years down the line. <laughs> Cameron also says that demographics of population play a big role in availability and access to health foods, to healthy foods. Hmm. I, well, th that's, an that's an interesting one. Um, yeah. I, know, I know it has been said that, uh, that, 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 that pe pe people, people don't change and that uh, people are a product, product of the past, but people can change. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, the, there's what we've got to use are some of the more modern behavioral techniques to uh, be able to understand why it is that people um, might not want to change. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's information. Sometimes it's access to knowing things, doing things differently uh, and, and knowing how to do things differently. Um, sometimes it's the influence of the young ones on the old ones who say, mm. hey, mom, I, I, want, I, want, I, want to, I want to grow up with you and see you to be a grandmother. You know, mm. there, there's, there's all kinds of interesting, interesting ways that people get enthused to change. The core of what was said there, though, that the demographics can, you know, can, um, can be important. Uh, one example is access to healthy foods on relatively restricted incomes. That can be, that can be a problem. Um, and so helping people find ways that they can uh, eat healthily on restricted mm -hmm. budgets and so on. Yep, there's a, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of things in there, but they don't have to be inevitable. Yes. And even, you know, starting your own backyard gardening so you can include more uh, fruits and vegetables. We saw um, the premier in his Newlands constituency recently hosted uh, both a gardening session and then um, a wellness um, session. And, you know, I think, again, looking to our leaders to lead by example, um, mm -hmm. even if they're not necessarily doing it themselves, offering um, opportunities like this within their respective constituencies can be important mm -hmm. for people to have access to information because you'd be surprised how many people just don't know, you know, they don't know how mm. bad their diet really is and they don't know mm. how to make changes yeah. and how to um, live a healthier lifestyle. So one person on WhatsApp commented with the following, they said, I remember the last survey and there was tremendous pushback from the people, not sure the data expected was obtained. Um, I hope with the public education campaign, it will be better this time. Do we know how many participants you had in the last survey? We had just under 2,000 people that um, took part in the survey last time. Mm -hmm. Very good. And a big shout out to Franz Manderson. Each year he does his um, GG 5K, which at some level encourages people in the civil service to kind of get moving and walking. At one point they had a walking group um, in, in GAB in the government admin building in the evening yeah. after work. Are they and still doing that? Every Monday evening, there's a walk-around group okay. that goes, and every Tuesday evening, they also offer a yoga class. So there are a few things like that that go on at Gab, and I was actually at the DG 5K running on Sunday, and it was brilliant to see the turnout, people mm -hmm. walking, people running, doing a mix of both. 
um, it was a real a mix of ages and, and it was great to see um, that, yeah, people coming out mm. and just taking a step for themselves to, to get their body moving. Yeah, All right, I, Davina I, I, has a question as well. Sorry, go ahead, doctor. I was just going to say the other good thing I'd like to see around the government building is there is a wellness bulletin that comes around to everybody to tell them about what the opportunities are. Mm. And they're very much based around not just the the young, 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 young fit people like Miss Rachel, but they also uh -huh. do do some useful things for sort of the, the, the older group like myself. But mm -hmm. but 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 that kind of thing, employer sending around. These are the opportunities, folks, mm -hmm. um, and this is what's going on this week, this month. That, that's really good practice. Yes. All right. Davina has a question. She says, "Is the survey based solely on patient patient participation, meaning that you're relying only on people who are able to come out to these sites? Has consideration been given to going to homes where people might not be as mobile or ambulant?" So if I just give a bit of an overview of how the survey will work, yeah. hopefully this will give some clarity. So we will have a team of interviewers who from Saturday the 3rd of June will be in the community in the evenings and the weekends. Mm -hmm. They will approach households that have been selected to take part. As we mentioned, it's not everybody, it's a random sample. So okay. they will approach a household if they've been selected and will then randomly select one person from that household to be invited to take part. So we're very much going to people in the community. And that will be for the first two parts of the survey, a questionnaire, mm -hmm. and for basic physical measurements like height and weight and blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Then there is one additional part, which um, is the finger prick, one drop of blood for us to measure blood glucose and cholesterol. And that needs to be a fasting measure. So we're doing it in the early hours of the morning, seven to nine during the week, and a bit longer at the weekends. And there are two options for that. You can either book for a nurse to come to your home. So again, going to the community to try and make that really easy. Um, and we've got um, a booking system for that. So you can book the appointment um, and you'll have assistance from the enumerator to do that. Or if you'd rather, we will, um, in the second half of the survey, have a few uh, clinics that are open and facilities on island. If you'd rather go to a location to do that, then you can do that as well. Um, so we're very much trying to reduce barriers for people to take part mm -hmm. and to come into the community ourselves. All right. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that we needed to touch on today about non-communicable diseases or the survey that we may have missed? I think just to say thank you so much for, for your time to talk about it. We really yes, keep the conversation going. And if you are invited to take part, we really please encourage you to do so. We need to try and gather the most accurate and reliable data that we can. Um, but also please just chat to your friends and family about this. Please help us spread the word and um, keep sending in your questions. They're really helpful too. Beautiful. All right, folks. So again, that was our national epidemiologist, Rachel Corbett. And we also have Dr. Nick Gent, who's the CMO, joining the program again, um, talking about the STEP survey. Please, folks, participate in it. There's an informational session this evening at Mary Miller Hall. Go out to that. Try to find out as much information as you can. Um, you know, it's going to be a benefit to all of us to know exactly what our health markers are. Um, TT says some people are trained in proper measurements and can get an anthropometrics wrong. I'm not really sure uh, what that's about, but any comment there, Rachel? I'm not exactly sure what they're referring to as anthropometrics yeah. there. Okay. But we will be giving training to our team. We're actually running the training next week. Mm -hmm. So we're doing full training for our team and everything that um, is involved in the survey. So um, they will be fully equipped to be able to 
to take the measurements and do so accurately. So we don't have any concerns there. All right. Davina is asking about uh, testing methodology. So she says, what guidelines are being used for these screenings um, as they vary? For example, HTN, DM, et cetera, a finger prick is not the best for glucose monitoring. So how will you be taking samples? So we're using methodology um, that is is part of the survey design. So these are measurements that have been validated by the World Health Organization and are just uh, advised to do in a standard way so that it's comparable across countries. Take the measurement process over time there are developments in this and there um, I know there are exploring some other other ways to validate things but the metrics that we're using are reliable for what we're looking to measure and um, we're looking to to the, we aren't doing diagnostics we're not there to diagnose people with conditions we're there to try and find markers um, and, and prerequisites that give us indications of the health status so this this isn't um, a way for you to be diagnosed necessarily this is a way for us to, to screen and to to get an idea of the health status of the population so the, the purpose for that is slightly different to you I, yeah, Davina is quite correct. They're not the best diagnostic tools, but they are the best comparative tools so that we can look at the results from 10 years ago. We can look at mm -hmm. results obtained in other countries and we know the test has been done on like for like basis. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's 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 the key here. Mm hmm. All right, very good. Okay, and if people want to get any more information on this, is there a contact number and email address that they can uh, reach out to? Yeah, so we do have further information on our website, so I'll direct you to that first. That's www.gov.ky forward slash steps. We also have an email address that you're welcome to send any queries into, which is mhwsteps at gov.ky. All right, beautiful. So folks, uh, reach out. This is the STEPS 2023 survey. Please participate. Encourage others to find out more and participate as well. Thank you to our guests for joining us this morning. You're very welcome. welcome. Thanks Thank very you. much. All right, have a beautiful day. All right, folks, we're going to switch gears again. We've got lots to talk about. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Get your taste buds ready because Taste of Cayman is back. Join us May 13th at Festival Green Kamana Bay. Eat, drink, and dance the night away. Taste of Cayman offers the very best of Cayman's food and drink scene with plenty of music to keep the party going. Get your festival tickets online today at tasteofcayman.org or call 623-6700. Brought to you by the Cayman Islands Tourism Association and sponsored by AI Rentals, Kamana Bay, DMS Broadcasting, and numerous valued partners. Are you tired of overpaying for TV services? Can't figure out VPNs? Constantly missing your favorite TV shows? And no access to the good stuff on streaming services? The frustration is real, but it doesn't have to be. Contact Roke, Cayman Streaming Pros. We'll put you back in the driver's seat in front of your TV. Call, WhatsApp, or message Roque today on 926-1213. Roque is not a TV service provider. Terms and conditions apply. The Cold Hard Truth is Cayman's number one talk show since it debuted in March 2020. According to independent research, we are the most listened to talk show in 2021, and most people prefer us to any other options on island. We tackle tough issues some days, and other times have fun and lighthearted discussions. But most importantly, the cold hard truth is here for you. Thank you for your support as we continue to be the voice of the people in 2022 and beyond. 
back to the program. So um, I noted a lot of your comments there um, towards the end regarding Everton and the uh, that whole situation. Well, all I can tell you, folks, is we are going to be tuned in. I will certainly keep you guys updated. A uh, few questions, which are legitimate questions. Some people are asking, what is it that Everton does here in the Cayman Islands? Um, does he have the correct legal permission to be purchasing land? And some people is like, okay, Darlene says, is Everton on a work permit? Oops. Um, it says if he's working illegally, making money as a real estate agent in the Cayman Islands. So I don't, I don't know that he is working as a real estate agent. I don't think that's what she said. Um, but I suppose, I, I, I don't really know. I think there's a lot of questions. And, th and this is what I was telling you guys, uh, why you've got to be really, really careful um, with, you know, again, exposing yourself. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? If he doesn't have permission to be doing extra stuff and, and now the fiance, she got engaged without a ring, by the way. That's, that's rich. And I don't mean rich as in he's got money. That's rich as in this is going to be a hot mess. Um, it, it's, it's kind of interesting. And, you know, he might be exposing himself to immigration and other such people who will be paying attention. You know, I keep telling y'all, and when somebody said to me the other day, every time I hear you mention this Barbara Streisand, in fact, I, I have to chuckle and I have to laugh. It is a very, very real situation that sometimes you end up bringing attention to yourself when you probably really didn't mean to do so. Or you, you, if you had good common sense, you probably don't want to do so. Remember when we were talking about um, day before yesterday, what is today? Oh gosh, the days just melt together. But we were talking about, um, you know, people who go on NAU. Uh, we were talking about, what's her name? Hi, Eve High Voltage, how she went on NAU. And, um, well, she's been an NAU client for many, many years, but how she went on social media and put up this designer body that she was getting surgery done. She was doing the most. And then that was bad enough, but then she decided to come on this program. And um, this is when we, it was just an evening show, but trust me, we had tons of people tuned in to listen to her. She um, also did all sorts of, you know, uh, things about talking about her hair and her budget and how she has money that she can spend and stuff. And people mustn't judge her because she can afford her plastic surgery. She can afford the weave. She can afford to go out every weekend. Um, she only uses designer, you know, custom-made outfits. And you have got to know, again, the Barbara Streisand effect. You're highlighting this situation or you bring it to the attention of the public to try to speak on it, fight against it. She claims that she wanted to correct information, correct misinformation that was on the public. But honey, child, all you did was expose your hands because people are like, huh? You can afford plastic surgery. You can afford hair by the pound. You can afford butt implants. You can afford to go out every weekend and not just go out every weekend and drinking, but you can afford custom outfits. Like you have a tailor. I got to tell you, during her, her robbery trial, the judge was like, what the heck am I hearing? Because she's like, yes, I have a tailor that makes all my outfits. Because remember, it was the tailor's son 
that helped her in the commission of the robbery. So she was talking about how she knew the tailor quite well, but didn't know the son. He's known to me, but I don't know him kind of thing. The judge never did understand what the hell she was trying to say there. But um, so the judge was like, oh, so you're like a lady saw or um, what's the name of the other one that had plastic surgery the other day that almost died? Remind me of her name again, um, the dance hall lady that came here. Uh, oh, gosh, what's her name? Anyway, you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, so she was like, oh, you're one of those people. Listen, the judge was a Jamaican, so I just had to chuckle. When, when you heard Spice, thank you, ladies, thank you. When you heard them talking about, um, you know, all these alternative things that they do in their lives, the judge was kind of like, eh, they all have a stage name. So the, the judge was like, okay, so this is your alter ego. Hi, Eve High Voltage is your alter ego, but your real name is, is Kish, what is it? Whatever, Cupid, whatever, whatever. And the judge was like, oh. I think that the judge really understood what was going on because she is a Jamaican. So she understands the context in which the dance hall community and wannabe so-called promoters um, operate. So listen to this sus now, because you know, um, we get it live and direct. Um, oh, honey child, hold on here now. Let me get you this one, because I, I, I'm... All right, so this one is pretty crazy, but someone has said, um, I was wondering if you knew that Eve High Voltage put her kid in foster care in January. Um, the same woman who ran around talking about uh, everybody else in prison and everybody else on the road. And I said, OMG. I said, which one? Because she's got more than one kid. And the social worker and the couple literally came to see her back in January and she pretended that it was a business meeting for her. This woman lives such a life of pretense. It's, I think she needs help. She needs psychological help. You know what I mean? Uh, this person says laughing out loud, but then we all heard that they were foster care papers in her file because the officers don't keep their mouth shut. <laughs> this is K-Man, honey child. Nobody's keeping their mouth shut. Um, what kind of business meeting would she be having in prison? You know, she still pretends like she's not in prison, right? Y'all know this. Um, on her social media, she has someone who posts stuff on social media, posts and reposts old videos as though she's out here living her best life. She's incarcerated for quite a lengthy time, I should say. And this person goes on to say, and she's still, she's still lying to everyone because she likes to act like she has money and stuff. But she gave away her kid and still pretend like she was coming to visit uh, when everyone knew the girl wasn't because um, she was at a foster family and still is. Poor thing. It's always the poor children who are going to suffer because of these parents. My God, I feel horrible. Um, but she has a younger son as well. And here's a sad thing is this, the younger son has special needs. So this is where my heart really breaks for this situation. And unfortunately, I don't know why the girl was put into foster care I think that's probably the best thing for these kids. Sometimes it's a tough decision to remove children from parents, but sometimes it is the best thing to do because some parents are just not capable in different levels. So by her being incarcerated, the husband, um, you know, had the responsibility of multiple children. And I hate to say it, but he does not look like he's capable. He, he couldn't even hold down a job. Uh, he had gotten fired from multiple jobs because he wasn't able to actually show up to work 
and manage his time. And he's having to pick the kids up from school and do all this other stuff. And he just couldn't manage it. And I know this for a fact. So he's lost several jobs. And I don't know if he's working now or whatever, but then he had this brilliant idea that he was going to be self-employed and um, do, what, is, what was it that he claimed that he was going to do? Cooking or some, something, I don't know, that gave him more flexibility, but it's not easy being self-employed. When you work for somebody else, as long as you show up to work and do what you got to do, you know, you're going to get a paycheck normally, unless you're working for the scammers that will show up in CMR. But if it's a legitimate, you know, decent company, you're going to get a paycheck. Being self-employed, there's no guarantee of a paycheck. That's, that's hustle at a different level. So the person goes on to say, but this is the same woman who runs around talking about everybody else's kids and everyone else's family and saying how she walk over people, family in the streets because they all homeless. Yeah, that's the thing with her. She, her um, sense of importance, of self-importance is completely off. And um, she only highlights herself because, you know, of the hot mess of a life that she has. So this person goes on and says, and she's worse than anyone. That's why everybody um, likes her. That's why body likes her. I used to talk to her, but then I realized how she's so phony and a liar and talk too much and always talking about everyone and then smile on your face. And the next morning she's deceitful, lying snake. And she always putting everyone else down when she is worse off than them. You know, it is, it is, um, people pretend a lot on this Island. They live a life of pretense at all levels. Believe me. That's what I find interesting about the reality TV show, because a lot of that you will find it's people pretending like the, the Jen Shaw, that was one from, um, that I was talking about earlier that now just went to jail the other day from Salt Lake city. You know, she was pretending, um, to have this lifestyle and people are questioning it. Like, where do you get your money from? How do you work? Like what, you know, what business are you in? When you put yourself in the spotlight, people are going to ask these types of questions, you know? They're going to be like, hold on a second. You're all these diamonds. You claim you're living in a multi-million dollar house. But where does the money come from? As then people in the streets say, follow the money trail. Have it make sense. And she didn't seem to have a legitimate business that would be bringing in. I'm going to show you guys a picture of her. The kind of money that she claimed. So there's Jen Shaw. Not a bad looking woman. Obviously, she's been altered. <laughs> Those boobs are off the chain. Whew. Yeah, a little extra was put in there. But um, yeah, you know, people have a lot of questions. Um, you know, it was so funny. When they finally, they arrested her. Um, she has a, a restitution order now. They're trying to get money to pay back some of her victims. Unfortunately, they'll never get it all back. But, um, you know, the interesting thing about Jen Shaw is you saw her with all of this jewelry on, come to find out a large amount of it was actually fake. The feds were like, all this designer handbags were fake. Uh, she got six and a half years in jail. She um, participated in, an, or spearheaded is what the government said, a $9 million scam. It was just unbelievable. And then they find out she was asking for a reduced sentence. A judge was not favorable to her. But then they found out 
that a lot of the stuff um, that she was, you know, purporting to have in her possession, because they were trying to confiscate a lot of it to see if they could sell it, that it was it was all fake. Handbags, the Louis Vuitton shoes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. This is what People Magazine said in December. They said Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Jen Shaw, had fake designer bags and jewelry found during her home raid. So um, TMZ, you know, they're the best at getting information, listed 30 counterfeit luxury bags and around 40 pieces of counterfeit jewelry, luxury jewelry, haven't been found. So she pled guilty the last minute to um, this telemarketing scheme. Um, They found all this uh, fake stuff in her possession because, again, the federal government was trying to see if they could get it and, and auction it off and help these people get back some of this money. And apparently when they checked it out, most of the stuff came from China and was passed off as bags from Chanel, uh, Balenciaga, Hermes, Louis Vuitton, uh, Valentino, Gucci, Jimmy Choo, Fendi, all fake. The fake jewelry, including imposters of Chanel, Cartier, uh, Louis Vuitton, uh, Dior, Tiffany & Co., among other brands. So... You know, again, the 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 fakeness knows no limits, and it's not just um, people here in Cayman living off of NAU. Sometimes it is the people who you think uh, and purport themselves to be millionaires and to have this, you know, the living in luxury homes. Um, in the United States of America, it's a little bit easier. Well, maybe not, because they all get caught in the end. I was going to say, maybe it's a little bit easier to defraud people there, but child, Uncle Sam and the U.S. government are watching your every move. Uh, there's also the couple. Remind me of the name of the couple that went to jail, um, the kind of country bumpkins. What were what was their names again? Um, him and the wife went to jail as well recently. Same thing, trying to live a lifestyle, folks, that they cannot afford. And then they end up doing this by lying on, on mortgage documents and, um, you know, yeah, it's crazy. Marshall says if they are able to have designer everything, they shouldn't be getting any assistance from NAU. Well, you know, it's all fake. Like when you see the, the double C and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a Chanel belt. Please, honey child, it's fake. But even the fake stuff costs money. And why are you out there pretending to have a name brand bag or belt or shoes or whatever when you cannot afford it? Just don't mess with that lifestyle, man. Just live within your means. I'm telling y'all, y'all can live on a budget when it comes to clothes. No, that's not Everton's girlfriend. Let me find a picture of Everton. I'm looking over on my other screen here. Hold on one second now. Um, yeah, honey child, live within your means because this fakeness is legitimately going to kill you. What about the other one? Talking about fake. Um, here's another story kind of related to this whole reality thing and people trying to chase um, fame and fortune when they should just leave that ish alone. The Kim Kardashian look light. Did you guys see this in the news last week? Um, This woman looks like she's had one too many plastic surgeries and she died as a result of one too many plastic surgeries. Did y'all see, we we posted this one up on our CMR platform. Let me show you this woman. It's like, what is this woman doing? She looks like she's probably a a pretty woman, but look at at this. Look at those breastuses, as Kim Andins would say. Jeez, um, peace. 
I don't know what size that is. That must be a size Z, W, X, Y, and all the way to Z. Oh my God. I have never understood why people want big breasts. As a woman who was unfortunately naturally gifted in that department, I've had a breast reduction and they're still too big. Why y'all want big boobs for? You know what my aunt always says? Big shout out to Topsy <laughs> from East End. Y'all know she can tell it like it is, honey, chill. She always says, um, more than a handful is a waste. <laughs> and I would laugh and completely agree with her. What do you do? Why? Why do you need to physically look like this? So anyway, she was modifying her looks to look like Kim Kardashian. She's obviously had a nose job. Uh, you can see there's been Botox and fillers in the lips and, and cheeks and whatever. And it's just like, why? Are you making Kim Kardashian's money? Are you making money off your looks? So anyway, poor thing. I think she was 30. Was she 34 years old? Young, young lady um, died recently um, after having surgery and, and the heart just gave out. My God. Ay, yay, yay. What a hot mess. Look at this. Look at that bonk. And she got on her. She's on peace. Now, Kim Kardashian might have a, a dear ear. But it don't look nothing like this. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. All right. Let me see if I can find Everton. Somebody did share his picture. Hold on. Where is Everton? Um, let me see if I can find Everton, honey, chill. But, um, yeah, man, y'all need to relax with all the, whew, all the craziness, trying to keep up with other people. It just does not make any sense at all. It doesn't tend to end well. Uh, for you, if you knew what I mean. Mm -mm -mm. I mean, I look at that and I think what man would, would be really finding this, this look attractive. I mean, the behind is way out there. The breasts are like my aunt said, more than a handful, more than a mouthful, more than you could ever do anything with. What's the point? You know what? Why? Why? You lying down next to her one night, they start deflating child. You swear that, you know, gunshots going off up in your house. No, sir. Uh, Everton. Yes, we have a picture. Let me find it now. Where is Everton in his picture? Um, somebody did share. Somebody in WhatsApp had sent it to me as well. Um, where's Everton's picture? Can somebody resend it to me in WhatsApp? I'll show y'all what Everton looks like. So, um, I see Soka saying that Everton actually left the jurisdiction and he is in, uh, back in Jamaica, but I'm told Everton's here working. Everton said he left Cayman during COVID. Um, well, only one person can tell us for sure. Soka, and that would be immigration, W-O-R-C. <laughs> but I'm told he's here working for some boat company. So I don't know, boy, but Everton, I'm telling you, you can get yourself in trouble with this show. Because this woman got to find out that you can't help her build nothing in the Cayman Islands, especially if you're here in a work permit. She spent, she said six figures. Now, I don't know if that's a low six figure or a high six figure. Um, but my goodness, mm -mm. when she find out about you and all these baby mama drama, oh, all the loving in the world, not gonna make it right. I'm telling you, there's only so much that sex can get you only far. It's only so far, but you know what? Some women are um, pretty desperate and they'll stay with anything no matter what. Um, let's, let's have a look at this and then we're going to switch to talk about your kids, the hoodlum children that y'all are raising. Look at this. 
This is her friend. Everton hasn't given her a ring, asked her to marry him. Mm -hmm. This situation is even crazy by Jordan's standards. Mm -hmm. Can you trust Everton with everything that you have? Mm -mm. We have a lot at stake. You have a lot at stake. I Does have a lot. Does he have a lot at stake? No, he has everything to gain. I'm the one that has everything and to so lose. And so that's my concern. Uh-huh. You have everything to lose, and he has everything to gain. And I'm not yep. okay with that. I think Jordan is making one of the biggest mistakes of her life. Not only could Jordan lose everything, her heart is at stake as well. Mm. I hope Everton's in this for love, not just for nope. financial gain. He has everything to win, nothing to lose. Days. What happens if it doesn't work? I mean, you're hmm. basically. Completely, yeah. And she gave him power of attorney. She must be crazy. Wow. Anyway, she seems to be loving it. Somebody sent me a screenshot of her social media and she was like, oh my God, I've made it on Mall Road. Girlfriend, there's lots of positive things in this world that you could be on Mall Road for, but this really isn't one of them. Um, I, I feel sorry for you if this is for real. I mean, if you're just pretending for the sake of the show and you really got your ducks in a row and you're just trying to get a couple extra followers on Instagram, then it is what it is. But child, if you are really into Everton and you claim that you love him, no, sir. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say. I think that you're going to find yourself in a world of trouble with this Everton situation. Uh, ladies and gents, try to take your time when you find these people, especially if it's an online relationship. I'm not going to say you can't find substance online. Listen, I tried it and I gave up, honey chill. Because I felt a little bit too like, I don't know who, I don't know who these people are. I'm, I'm paranoid. I'm already a paranoid person. Um, I found myself a nice claim that he was in the military. You know, they all claim they're military, man. And he was sending me pictures and stuff. And I was like, mm, how do I know? But but you know which service? I didn't go to this Tinder and whatever else you guys are into these days. Those where you get all kind of fake people. I actually did um, what was it called again? Match, match. What was the one called? They make you do a personality test. They um, make you like do all this work, right? And then they match They match you based on your personality um, results. So, and then you can pick and choose from there who you want to communicate with. I think that was match.com. This was years ago. I was like, oh, let me get back into the dating pool. And this is how I was going to do it. And I went through and did my personality test. And child, let me tell you, I did the in-depth personality test. It was so spot on. Oh my God. One of these days I'm going to share it with y'all because for me, I was like, oh, how do they know all this about me from answering a million questions? Yeah. They really put together a lot of information. And so I trusted the method of pairing people up. And because it was like a verifiable situation, like I felt like, okay, they've checked these people. They made you provide proof of who you said you were, but still I was like, I don't know about just trying to go meet like a total stranger. You know, I told you, did, did I tell you about my blind date one time with a guy? He's a Caribbean guy. I think he's from, is it Barbados? One of those B islands. I always get that mixed up. Not the Bahamas. I think he's Bayesian. But you know, Bayesian men, some of them, they kind of think they too, they enough. And I wasn't feeling his enoughness. Um, he was actually a runner. And so... Uh, we have mutual acquaintances in common, you know, people in the running circle. Um, Obadelli, Thompson, all these guys, they all run. 
so you know one you're kind of like oh you know, this is your running buddy you know but eh. and then he's like a fraternity guy eh. you know having gone to an american university fraternity men to me a total, total turn off most of them Ugh. but you know i was like let's not let's not judge him too harshly for these things but yeah we went on a date um i actually was going to miami on a trip listen to this right big shout out to to steve and Kevin, because they're they were my listen. When you're a single woman and you do certain things, you gotta make sure you got your your buffer. You have your friend circle, and a lot of my my friends are men. So I was like, listen, guys, I'm going to Miami. Part of what I'm gonna do in Miami is I'm gonna go on this date with this guy. We've been talking for a minute online, and so. <laughs> but I, I need a um. This is back when we had BBMs, Blackberry Messenger. I was like, okay, listen. I, I need, if I send you this, that means that you need to call me and I need an out, right? Because that means I'm done with the date. It ain't going nowhere. And I'm just not into the guy, whatever. Because I can summarize somebody pretty quickly when I'm not into them. So we had it all arranged um, that this is going to be the plan. Steve might remember this. Um, Kevin, do you remember this story? So anywho, I go and we met up at Sawgrass. You know, I wanted to make sure it's a public area. And we were like, okay, let's have lunch and whatever. And child, oh, it did not work out. No, no, no. Some Bayesians really think they enough. Let me tell you. So anywho, turn off number one is um, he wore open-toed shoes. And I told you all about mean toes, right? If you have ugly toes, try not to talk to me ever. Not relationship-wise. And if you have ugly toes, you should probably try to keep them covered. Like, don't show me those toes on a first date. Because maybe I might compromise a little bit on the ugly toe situation. Uh, if I like you, if I really like you, I can try to ignore it for a minute. But Charlie, if I see that on the first date, that's an automatic turnoff. Mm, mm, mm. So he exposed the ugly toes a little bit too quickly. <laughs> and then his attitude, more importantly than the toes, his attitude was like, oh, he knows everything. He he's and I was like, ah, you know, like he started going there in some hard discussions about politics and religion and this and that and just a little bit. Yes, Ingrid says toes and teeth. Yes, girl, teeth too. He had nice teeth though, but the toes. I was like, mm, no, 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 no. He was already a divorcee, um, two sons. So I was kind of like, eh, I don't like ready-made families for myself because I'm just not me. Uh, I know some people got to do it, especially the older you get, you ain't got no choice, right? The market's kind of tight. So um, I was like, uh, I don't know, like the attitude at the end. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to pay for my, I didn't even want him to pay for my lunch. I was like, listen, dude, I'm going to pay for my, no, you know what? He didn't even offer. This is the other thing. He didn't offer to pay. This is a date now, you know, and he didn't offer to pay. So we we split the check, which is fine. But I think when you're on a first date with somebody, that says a lot about what kind of gentleman you are. Listen, my husband's still paying. When we go out to dinner, Marlon's still pulling out his wallet and be like, oh, I get it. I'm like, okay, honey, chill. You go right ahead. 10 years in, he's still paying for date night. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all just not gentleman-like at all. So anywho, that didn't work out. So I sent my quick little message and then I got a phone call. Mm-hmm. This is how it went Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I gotta go. Okay. Okay. I'll be there as soon as I can. Okay. So-and-so I'm sorry, but I just got an emergency phone call. I got to go now and you know, I'll talk to you later. See you later. Oh, um, th then hear, hear him now. Oh, I was going to come back to your hotel room. 
I was like, not today, Bobo. That ain't happening. <laughs> I was like, come back to my hotel room. I'm all the way in Miami, honey chill. This is Fort Lauderdale. You were planning, listen to how desperate he was for a little, you know, nooky nooky. I was like, you planning to drive from Fort Lauderdale to Miami because you thought you were going to get a hookup and you didn't even pay for lunch? You have got to be out of your damn mind. I do not think so. Anywho, <laughs> Weeby says you're killing me. Child, these men out here be killing us with their foolishness. Men and women, I suppose, but I'm I'm not dipping the lady pool, so I don't know how that goes. But anyway, um, yes, <laughs> Holiday Inn. This wasn't a Holiday Inn. No, sir. As a matter of fact, I would even tell him where I was staying. I'm like, that would be none of your business because I don't want you to be showing up. No, honey. Anyway, reality TV, what a hot mess. Real life, what a hot mess. And uh, good luck to all of them. I'll keep you guys abreast about when this came out. When I hear it's supposed to be on Hulu. Uh, but they they pulled out all the stops. They went to Miami to a strip club. Hear how they making came out. Look now. Which, I mean, listen, this is your reality because this is what y'all be doing. So there you go. So they went to a strip club. They um, apparently, somebody in the group found out that their boyfriend was cheating. So they had a scene at the my uh, Cayman Airport on Roberts International Airport where they had a big fight um, over, oh, I just found out that you're cheating on me and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, Lord. For all the things that we could put Cayman on the map for. Can we have a reality show around um, like the bankers and how they're living their best lives? Like I've always felt there's space in Cayman for a reality show. I'm not so sure that this is going to be it. Uh, but we'll see. Let's not let's not prejudge it too harshly. I'm here for the drama, so we'll we'll keep y'all updated. Marlon Dunbar is here having a good laugh. Says, "Yeah, hey, he was trying, but should have been so should have been so cheap and ugly toes laughing out loud." Chow, mm, that killed it right there, honey. Chow. Um, this other person says, "Laughing out loud, he had ugly feet. He really did." Oh, Everton, I where's Everton's picture? I was looking for it, and I can't find it. It's on my phone. Hold on. Um, okay. All right, let's talk about y'all and your bad children now. Oh, Lord. What are we going to do with you parents and these kids? Y'all have got to do better. Where's Everton? Hold on. Let me see if I can find Everton real quick. So, listen to me. Um, I think controlling your children is essential. Oh, yes. Here's Everton. Hold on. Everton gonna take some heat, boy. Hot mess. Um, I think y'all have got to do a better job of figuring out how to control your children. And it starts from a very young age, folks. You know, um, children need constant attention. I'm of the opinion that you don't have them unless you got that kind of time, because it is challenging to raise kids in this day and age. Trust me, I feel you. It's a job, it's a full-time job, and then some. And if you're too busy still living your best youthful life, then probably becoming a parent isn't exactly for you. I'm just saying. And if that's the case, that would explain why some of y'all are out here trying to... Um, Jordan and Everton, so her name is Jordan, um, meet over, uh, over a decade, met over a decade ago 
when she chartered a boat with a wedding entourage in Grand Cayman. So yes, he works in the boat business, apparently. Um, are Everton and Jordan still together? Hmm, what a mess. We still want to find out. Um, but yes, you know, at the end of the day, folks, this is a humongous responsibility. And I think you've got to take parenting very, very seriously. You're responsible for another person. And not just responsible for them, like, oh, they can make their own decisions and you're just there to kind of help them out. You're the reason why they're often the way that they are. This is a huge responsibility. My God, you know how many times um, I get scared when I think about the whole parenting situation? I'm just like, what on earth? Oh my gosh. Mm -mm. It's a lot to take in. So I, I don't know how y'all do it so easily. Um, and, you know, I was, I was talking to someone yesterday <clears throat> because um, I was trying to get something organized and it involved um, my daughter. And I said to the person, I said, honestly, I said, I'm a helicopter parent. In case, in case somebody didn't get the memo, I am definitely a helicopter parent. In other words, I'm going to be there. And I don't care what anybody got to say. Oh, you're super controlling, whatever. I'm not trying to be any of those things. But I am going to very much be present. I would never, and I don't want y'all to take this the wrong way, but if you get insulted, I'm sure you'll be okay. I would never take a teenager and drop them off at Caymana Bay unsupervised. Why on earth? Uh oh, hold on a second. Deleting some of these images. Why on earth would anybody in their right mind do that? Do y'all know what young people do? You all act like you were not young once yourself. This is a shocking part because I know that all of you have been young and stupid and doing things and fighting and carrying on. No, sir. Y'all seem to have forgotten. Here's what your kids are at Kamatabe doing. I might have to mute it, but let's see. <laughs> take off your shoes. I got your arm, so. We don't business. And then y'all are um y'all are oh, your kids are filming this. Look at this. Is that the water fountain in the background? What is that in the background? You know, the day one of these kids fall down and bust their heads open on a water fountain or something that came out of bay, then y'all gonna want to talk about, oh, you trying to sue somebody. Caymanians. And I'm, I'm gonna talk to Caymanians. <laughs> I am well aware. Let's look at the chaos. I'm gonna turn the volume down. I am well aware that it's not just Caymanian children, but the vast majority of it. Look, 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 dragging her by her hair, barefoot, underwear showing. Next one, beating her, right? This is what is happening in your school, in, in your, um, at Kimata Bay. This is what y'all are allowing your children to go out there and do. At a facility that is a top-notch facility, they have not yet banned your children from coming, but guess what? The day Kimata Bay says enough is enough. You can no longer bring underage children here and drop them off. 
which by the way, I'm in full support of Kim Atabe doing this. I think it is high time that they do it because I'll tell you what, most of the kids know me when they see me, but the day I'm out there with my daughter, right? And one of your hooligan children starts to do this foolishness in front of her and heaven forbid you even make one little curl in her hair, go the wrong direction. Your children get a, a tough lesson in life. Y'all need, need to shape this situation up and very, very quickly. And I know that came out of Bay management. Um, I, sh I shouldn't say I know because they've not made any kind of statement on this, but I feel certain that they are scratching their heads and trying to decide what is it that they're going to do. Because, you know, they built this facility. They want everybody to enjoy it. Um, they're trying not to make a situation here where they want to ban children because, you know, y'all be the first ones. Oh, yeah. You see, we told you this is only going to be for white people. Well, here's the joke about it. It's been over 10 years that this facility has been there and they've never put these measures in place. And it is clear that you as parents can't do your jobs and your children are out of control. So the alternative is to do what? Allow these children to assault each other. We had one a few months back where the child got severely injured. He was having, I don't know if he actually had a concussion, but his mom was saying that he was having like head problems, headaches and stuff. Days after being assaulted at Cayman Bay, these kids beat him up and he didn't even know who they were. His mother thinks it might've been a case of mistaken identity. Now, I don't know whatever became of that. I'm, actually, I need to check in with his mom. Let me say that. Um, but she was so upset. Let me see if she can give me that bait. Mm -hmm. Because um, then the police were involved. You know, uh, they're going to press charges. Listen, get a hold of your children. Before this really goes sideways, I'm begging you as parents to please get it together. Stop dropping off your children unattended, unsupervised. And the crazy thing is some of you are actually sending younger siblings along with their older teenage brothers and sisters. And this is the foolishness that they're being exposed to. And not just this. Drugs, sex, all kind of stuff going on. Hmm. No, sir. Y'all better try and get it together. Honestly, it's a sad indictment on us as a community and where it is that we're going, right? Uh, same thing with the kids who went into, um, where'd they go the other day? Burger King and lit off a firecracker. It's like, what? An, uh, listen, back in the day, I would not have even thought of doing such a thing because my aunt, listen to me, she, uh, 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 y'all done know already. <laughs> it would not have gone so. But of course, she didn't allow me to go anywhere without proper adult supervision. Even then, it's like, who's going to be there? Mm -mm, I don't know them people. You're not going with them. She, I thought she was too strict. But now, as a parent, I can kind of understand some of why she did what she did. Now, the bullying situation in schools, uh, look at this. This is a parent who sent me this. Her daughter, um, she sent pictures of the poor child with bruises. Um, but they, you know, no, they, uh, Araya, they jumped Kayla, you know? They oh. jumped Kayla. And I'm my leg back. Uh, let me let me mute it because I haven't previewed it, so I don't want to hear any audio on this. But um, these are now voice notes about how they're jumping this girl. Um, and, 
you know, they're like setting the girl up, even a, a, kids from one school, setting up kids from another school to attack her. Listen, get it together, folks. If your child is a bully, normally there's a reason why they're a bully and you need to look at your home environment. But sometimes kids come from good homes and they're still bullies. They get into these little cliques with each other. And, oh, I don't like this one because she prettier than me or she like a boy that I like. Parents, put your foot down and stamp out this kind of nonsense. Now, I only have a six-year-old. So, um, you know, I'm, we're not there yet. But even at six, you see them getting in little groups. And, you know, you got to have parent-teacher conference where you, the teacher's like, okay, they're too, they're too close and then they're, they don't want to play with anybody else. And that's not good social behavior. <clears throat> Let's start to separate them. Encourage them to play with other kids. Encourage them to have other play dates. Oh, I have a best friend. I'm like, what, what do you know about a best friend at six? What do you even know about friends at six? Like you, in, as parents, you've got to talk to your children. You know, like I say to my daughter, she's like, oh, my best friend. I'm like, um, you don't need to have a best friend. You can have lots of good friends, right? Don't single out one person like you're going to be ride or die with that person by the time you're seven. That ain't necessary, honey chow. Uh, You know, friendships come and go over the years. Like start explaining real life situations to them, even at the age of six, because at five, they already tell you that they got a BFF. And they're ready wearing little, um, one of her friends the other day gave her a bracelet, little charm bracelet. Big shout out to that friend, you know who you are. That says BFF, best friends forever already. And I said, oh, geez, I'm peace. As parents, I think we need to be careful, right? I don't, I do not purposely um, categorize my friends as BFFs or whatever. I told you all about the top five. And I know some of y'all been trying to get into the top five group, Siobhan. Um, but you know, these are people who've been riding with me for a long, long time. We don't have no Johnny come lately, Siobhan, who can ride with me in the top five. You might be kind of down the throat and bowl. Uh, but you know, when I talk about my friends, I don't say, oh, this one's my best friend. And that one's my best friend. I mean, you know who I've been riding with for, you know, 20 something years, then obviously they're an amazing friend, but I'm not going to label it. And I think that your kids pay attention to how you handle situations and uh, what you say and stuff as well. So be mindful of your own behavior because it rubs off on people. So you see all kind of conversation here. These are what young people are doing they're in these chats together and they're having these conversations uh, with each other. Parents, you should not give your children a mobile phone and not know what they're doing. First of all, don't give them no mobile phone. Give them one of them one-way calling phones. No social media. Get your kids off social media. Yeah? Because uh, I'm shocked at how parents have kids on social media and they have no clue what they're doing. There's been a one or two occasions when your children will be on social media and they'd be reaching out to me, trying to be faced on Instagram. And you know me already. I'm not a one. I tell them straight up, I'm not your companion. But if you try me... Okay, I'm going to treat, oh, you want to talk to me like you're an adult? I'm going to treat you like an adult. Because some of them will be cursing at me, Karen, and I said, oh, you're a big person then. I see what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Mm. You got a big person mouth. Then, you know, me and by extension CMR is going to treat you like a big person. And when I call you out, don't you have your dad in? Mama be messaging me, honey, chill. I'll never forget one very privileged child's father reached out. 
oh, I'm going to have my lawyer write you a letter. And I said, sir, with all due respect, what you should do, he sent me an email and I replied back. I said, with all due respect, what you should do, instead of wasting money and having a lawyer send me a letter that will do you absolutely no good, what you need to do is take that money and, and give your child some good training, be a good parent. And so he went back a few times. Oh, yeah. And then he came back and apologized. Oh, yeah, I made him show me the messages. And I'm sorry, I didn't realize he was saying that to you and blah, blah, blah. Can you please take down the post where you're calling him out for being rude? I said, really? So you give your child a phone and you don't know what the child doing in the phone. That's the problem right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these are, are private school kids in good schools, you know, but the poor child, he stressed out because the parents were going through a bad divorce. But that's not my business. And you tell him, don't come for adults and don't get involved in adult conversations. Because when your children messaging me, I don't know who they are. I don't know that this little kid is able to pot him out is only 13, 14 years old. So when he come in his potty mouth, I'm going to treat him like an adult. Now you're messaging me saying, oh, this is your son and he's underage. Well, he should act like he's underage, first of all. And some parents genuinely don't know. I remember this one mom, um, very, very, you know, prominent in the community. Her son, but by the last name, a very unusual last name, I knew that that was her son. And, um, you know, he was up at three o'clock one morning messaging me and I happened to have gotten up in the middle of the night and checked my phone messages. I was like, oh. This one faced it. I did not even respond to him, as I recall. I don't remember now. Maybe I did. But I also went and looked up his mother's email address, sent her an email, same time, 3.15 in the morning, and said, why is your son messaging me the following information? Lady. Hello. And you know that mother, and to this day I respect her for, for her movements, she responded back. She was not defending her child's behavior. None of that foolishness. She responded back and said, thank you. You will not hear from so-and-so again. And sure enough, to this day, he's never messaged me again. Yep. Parents, read it in. When you don't know what your children is doing, I guess you can claim and, and feign ignorance, although y'all need to be putting trackers on your phones. Every single message your child sends you should be getting a copy of it. And you need to nip this bad behavior in the bud. So here's what this mother is going through. Yesterday, she sent this message. Good morning. I want to bring this to your attention. The videos that I'm about to send you are some uh, John Gray High School year 10 and nine girls beating up on a year six girl at Caymana Bay. You can imagine. These girls need to be hauled in by the police. RCAPS? I expect that something is going to be done about this because the parents are saying to me, nothing is being done with the on-campus school, school fights. Nothing is being done with the off-campus school fights. And it's only a matter of time before one of these children is going to get seriously hurt. And then what? The parent continues. This is all because those girls have been bullying and harassing and bullying my daughter in school and on Instagram. So now they're targeting her sister, different mothers. So this is her half-sister. Take your children off of Instagram, parents. I'm telling you, social media is not designed for children. They shouldn't be on TikTok, they shouldn't be on Facebook, and they should not be on Instagram. I'm telling you from now, even my daughter's like, oh, I hear her mention something about a TikTok video. A six-year-old, I said, don't even think about asking me about social media. 
you're going to be at least 16 years old before you can do certain things. And that includes social media. I'm sorry, but you've got to take a hard line. And I know it's going to be hard when all your friends are on, on Snapchat and Instagram and this and that, but the answer is going to be no. I'm trying to protect you and your little life and make you be a child for as long as possible. Parents, rein it in. Take those phones and delete all of these apps. In fact, delete the whole phone. Hmm. The parent continues. John Gray High School has once again dropped the ball on dealing with these girls. Just last week, while my daughter and her friends are walking in school, they threw a couple of bottles at them and a bottle hit my daughter and the school did nothing. Come now. On many occasions, I've contacted the school and told them about it. And all they have done was speak to the little hood rats and uh, they're not abiding by what the head of year has said. And the school has not followed through with anything that they've stated. It has gotten to the point where on Monday, my daughter and one of the girls got in a fight off of school property. And my daughter, <clears throat> um, as being so defensive from all of this, after they fought on Monday, a group chat was created where these same girls, that's what I was just showing you guys on the screen, we're talking about jumping my daughter in school. Someone screen recorded the group chat, see below. And then yesterday, my daughter went to school and I notified them. Um, and I, I notified them saying that they're planning on jumping her at school. The school called me yesterday to talk about all that's happening, which I recorded. And they decided to send all the girls home. Said they wanted to send my daughter home too for the rest of the week so that they could have, they could have eliminate the threat towards her because those girls have been recruiting other students to go after her. I told them that I uh, gave them yesterday and today to sort it out and my daughter will be at school tomorrow. And this has been going on since 2021. These girls even have students at Clifton Hunter High School harassing her. The parent says they haven't heard anything from the police. I said, what are the police doing? Haven't heard anything from the police yet. The school officer is having a meeting with all these girls and their parents. My daughter is stressed out because I've raised her with confidence and she now has a strong backing. This hasn't broken her. However, she's getting tired of it all. And then they say, I spoke to Mr. Mark Ray this morning and even him said that this has gone on for too long. And... um. Then today now, the update is morning. I took my daughter um, and son and her head of year took her out of class and says she will not be attending any classes because she's not to be at the school. Let me remind you, she is the victim here. And because I'm calling them out on the S, they're holding that against her. I told them she'll be back today and they never said anything. And asked them to show me the school policy on Tuesday that shows me that she needs to be out. And then they've sent pictures of her daughter's face, um, which unfortunately, you know, she's got a, a bruised eye and stuff like this. Jesus. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, she says, speak on John Gray High School's lack of discipline with these girls. Seems that they're afraid of them. The principal and staff are afraid of the girls. If you have people in your school, principal and staff that you're afraid of, you need to get the police involved. They should not be in your school. Does government school expel students? Can I ask the question because I don't actually know? 
What what's what's the alternative here? I tell you what, it couldn't it couldn't be me. See, this is why I am very 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 careful, folks, um, with my movements because I'm I'm a little bit crazy in certain situations. And when it comes to my daughter, I don't want to thump anybody in the head for her. Okay? So we can move cautiously. Because anybody puts a finger in her, it's not going to be nice. And I got to tell you, the, the, this is the biggest reason why I cannot deal with government schools. I'm not going to tell you that private schools don't have their issue because I've had rich white friends of mine come and talk about the horrible situations in private school and how their daughter was being bullied by these kids. She was new to the island. They were treating her horribly. You know, eventually she ended up leaving Cayman because of how bad it had gotten, right? So I'm not telling you that private schools don't have the same issue. What I do believe is when you're paying money to private school, their reaction to situation is going to be a little bit different in a lot of instances. And also, yeah, they have the ability to tell people to get out. They can expel you and tell you don't come back. Go find somewhere else to put your child. So is it the case that private schools have more power than government schools? Let's have a look at some of your comments. Um, Cameron is talking about the reality um, thing, says it's not hard to find Caymanians in Miami strip clubs. We had memory, many memorable times. Yes, uh, Miss Faith, good morning. Siobhan says, Miss Sandy, this has been going on from the time that I was in school with fighting in public places. So this not new, but I agree parents need to handle their children. I think what's new is that the footage is there and we now know who these girls are and, and boys and exactly what's going on. So with the evidence that you have, it's no longer, oh, I gotta believe one person over another. You pretty much have the video right there, folks. Read it in. Um, Siobhan says, don't have kids until you can be a parent. If not, don't have kids because it'll be the children who suffer in the end. And that's the truth. Alejandro is saying, why is it still happening is my question. It happens because parents, again, are not reining in the situation. I have to, I have to blame the parents. First of all, your children have no concept, obviously, of conflict resolution. What are these kids fighting over? What is this all about? Can somebody tell me? 936 Bobo is the telephone number. Do we know why these kids are fighting? Why are they picking on each other? Hmm? Uh, Marshall says when kids get in trouble and end up in court, their parents be right there with them and should be right there with them and charged equally. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see the behavior coming, right? And I got to tell you, Vanessa says, blame the parents. I agree. Alejandro says it's a generational thing in Cayman. Um, it's a representation thing. I know about it. Uh, the other thing too, parents, is if you think that this kind of behavior is going to stop once your children turn 18, it doesn't, you know. Somebody was saying to me a couple of days ago, they said, oh, but Miss Sandy, you think Tiffany Conley only started like this today? They said when she was in high school, she used to be the bully. She used to go beat people up all the time. 
But, you know, she's been able to fool adults pretty fast um, and whatever. And maybe she had them fooled for a minute because she knows how to turn it on around adults. If you're all extremely naive about what your children doing, I suggest you start hanging out with them a little bit more. And I've seen this in action. I remember when I was a kid, I was in, was I in high school then? Maybe middle or high school. And uh, my aunt used to have a friend here that would come visiting with a younger child. She's a little bit younger than me. And child, she would come there. First of all, I was afraid she was going to get kidnapped. I'm like, this child don't have no clue. She walked around the mall with these shorty, shorty shorts and, and giving up my aunt phone number. But these guys could call her. I said, first of all, don't give up my aunt phone number. Because when you gone, they call in. They're not calling for me. And secondly, this is how you come to the United States of America and go missing, get kidnapped, and never found ever again. I said, you don't understand the dangers of what it is that you're doing. But, you know, she was always cute. She'd be doing the most misbehaving to smile at my aunt and smile at her aunt. Everybody's like, oh, Amanda's so cute. And I'd be like, really? I said, do y'all know what this child be doing? Do y'all really know the child? So, of course, when she became an adult, and was out there on drugs and promiscuity and all kinds of stuff. You know me, I'm like, mm-hmm. Is she still cute? Call her. Good morning. Is she still cute? You know, you know, Sandy, I think that what it is is that they are just fighting over reputation, you know. Reputation? What reputation they got? Yeah, like like okay, they 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 start an argument and they say you think you're bad, you know that type of way? Mm. And then if you think you're bad, you just throw the first fist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's all it is. I mean, really? I mean what it's looking for wow. is so many different things. It could just be you got my best friend, or you got my boyfriend, or you got my girlfriend, or you're not giving me back that money yet. Well, that's the worst. You know, wow. and then don't talk about mothers and fathers. Well, the father's not really a problem with the mothers. You know, like, don't talk about my mother. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know if you've ever been through that in school enough, but. Uh, I have traditional came on, and I've seen that since I was mm-hmm. in primary Since I was in primary school, this has been happening. Now. I'm out of school now. Yeah. But I mean, I, I know anybody who talks about your mama. That that's Those are fighting words normally. Yeah. And those um, mm-hmm. I don't think we teach our children how to, to be, be socially desirable. And conflict resolution. And you know what part yeah. of the problem is, Alejandro? Part of the problem is we entertain too much violence within our own homes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing too, you know, arguing with friends. You're having friends over to have a little drink and then two tools you look the children is sleeping, you think they're sleeping, mm-hmm. and you're outside having your little conflict resolution. And they are learning from that. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not saying all parents are doing that. They might just be watching T V and seeing those things happening. Like you say, social media. I mean, no more beef I see going on, on than on social media. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I'm telling you, the the problem with social media is, you know, a lot of these kids are able to hide um, behind a persona or a social media personality. And it's easy to attack people on social media. It's easy to name call and whatever. Definitely. I I talk about this thing called soft language, right? And just by you calling me stupid or retarded is enough to call a fight. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just saying like conflict happens in all different types of forms, and I mean, you just calling my name alone could just bring a a a, a you know flip a switch. I mean, 
I want to know why you're calling my name out. Yeah. I mean, people, yeah, I mean, children, listen, they're still children, right? So they don't understand a lot about regulating their temperament and their, their feelings and stuff like that. You know, I keep telling y'all that the um, child brain doesn't, doesn't fully develop till their mid twenties. And so, you know, I try to give our young people some degree of leeway, but if you're allowing young people to have bad habits, right. And to act out those bad habits, and especially at the the um, the mercy of other people, they're impacting other people's well-being and safety. Then yeah. something has got to be done. And I right, I can Mr. only look to the parents in situations like this. Yeah, Mister, I got one thing to say about this too. Because when I was in school, I was in a lot of fights as well. I mean, there was nobody that didn't want to stand up to me, right? But but the thing is about it, right? I was going counseling for apparently what they call anger management. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't have no anger management. I just had a bunch of idiots trying to pick on me. And this is the thing. I don't think that there's a good counselor in the school. Mm. Yeah, because if there's fights going on like this, they got to know the reason why they're having the fights. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you've got a counselor in the school that's supposed to be taking record of what is what the children doing, why the children acting this way. Okay, yeah, that person's studying bad because they have a person in them in the back of the head every time and mm-hmm. you go wonder you go look back. You know them type of ways? Miss Sandra, the, the the schooling on this island has always been a mystery to parents. Mm-hmm. And children are there to talk about it, you know. But the children is just growing old and forgetting about what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and getting in fights mm-hmm. and just pulling out their anger on everyone else like a bunch of tyrants and then imagine these are the same type of people that are going out to become politicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and law enforcement officers as well, and immigration officers as well, and custom officers as well, all different type of officers as well are going to... Oh, l- let me say, let me and, correct. And guess what? It's going to just be a generational curse. Okay. Thank you, Alejandra. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. I um I was just looking at some of the, the comments here, and I think there's a bit of confusion. Um, I was reading up and they said something about why Siobhan's name. It's not that Siobhan. Y'all do know that there's more than one person in this world named Siobhan, right? So I wasn't speaking about that Siobhan at all. I have an inside joke with another Siobhan who always calls and said, okay, I've moved up to n- number three on your list now. Um, so it's an inside joke and I'm actually kidding with her, but it's not that Siobhan that's on her show. It's a totally other Siobhan. She doesn't spell her name the same, but it's pronounced the same. So just to clarify, I was reading the comment and what are y'all talking about? Who's calling out Siobhan? And then I realized, oh, Siobhan and Siobhan. Totally different Siobhan. Um, so Siobhan, you young lady, Siobhan Barry, you're not the person I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my goodness. Y'all for a minute there was like, oh, she called out Siobhan. Nope, it ain't her. Uh, Miss Faith, delete the whole phone. Yes, and I'm, I'm serious when I say that. Um, John LaRue says bullies start at an early age cis couldn't get a handle on it with when our child was bullied back when so what did you do i'm curious um uh, jim says that these parents are not interested in being parents and their parents that send their children off so that the so-called parents can do whatever they want other than being a responsible parent let's take a little vote here and i'm actually going to get my um my interview with the governor ready. How many of you think that it is time? Call call in. Let's see your vote. How many of you think now that it's time for Kimana Bay to implement a policy of um, no 
unsupervised minors at Caymana Bay. They will stand there where they drop them off. I mean, they can drop them off at different locations, but they can stand there and um, say to the parents when they try to open the car door, no ma'am, if you're not parking to come and be with this child, you cannot leave them here. Who, who's, who's thinking now that it's time for Caymana Bay to implement this policy? 936, let's take a quick, quick vote. 936-BOBO is a telephone number. Who's on board with me? What do y'all think, honey chill? Is it time for Caymana Bay, the dark property, to put a policy in place to say, bloop, that's it. We'll put this poll up on the website as well. You can go vote later on today. Uh, we are not going to allow unsupervised minors at this location any longer. Mm -mm -mm. Y'all thinking about it? The phone line's not lit up yet. Um, what do y'all think? Mm. And the comment section online, um, Alejandro says, I'm in. Ingrid agrees. Siobhan says, yes, they put should put something in place. Ms. Judy says, agree. Nicholas says, agree 100%. Ingrid says, agree 100%. Um, Siobhan says, I'm definitely voting later because I agree something should be put in place. Sour Salt says, the comments are so boring and dull without the other guy. What other guy? He always had something funny to say. What other guy? Um, this is probably him with a new fake account. Sour sop. Come on now. Don't make me suspicious of you because the comments have been great since Jonathan hasn't been here. So I don't know what you're talking about, honey chill. Nobody missed Jonathan but you, which makes me wonder if you're Jonathan. Hmm. Suspect. Suspect. Barbara Streisand effect. Gareth says, I agree, uh, but they need proper reinforcement of this policy. Ms. Morna says, I totally agree. Um, Yasmin says, agree, full-time. Lady Gangsta says, totally agree with you, CMR. I agree 100%. Uh, Cameron says, let me wait to turn 19 before I vote. Jan says, it should have been in place a long time ago. DART, of all people, don't think of DART as an individual. It's the DART organization. Um, they have different property managers and stuff, but not a single one saying they shouldn't be done. Wow. Uh, Clint says, I agree with your Caymana-based suggestion. Kids must have parents with them at all times. Hmm. That's why they're children, because they need supervision. Even if you can't go, send another parent, right? Sally, agree. Miss Lucille, good morning. She says, good morning, Sandy. I'm so far away, but I'm on board with you. Lord, uh, you all, I think that's what you, Lord, keep you all safe. Thank you. Um, Ms. Beulah is in agreement 100%. Dawn Chisholm, agree 100%. Ms. Olive says, yes, 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 agree 100%. Well, perhaps the management team over at Amanda uh, Bay, is listening. The person WhatsApp says, yes, Debs says, yes, absolutely. 
Um, this comment says, uh, do they still have the Instagram page called K-Man Fights? Some of these young people are fighting because it makes them popular. I also know that sometimes they're fighting for nothing. Um, I have a meeting at 10 a.m. I'm late. I love this show too much. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't be late for work, honey, Jill. But listen now, we've been talking about this fighting situation for years now. This is nothing new. Go back, and we have had multiple shows on this very same issue where I've talked about these fight clubs, okay? 2022, I said, John Gray fight clubs and bullying. We did a show on it um, on April the 14th of 2022, April the 13th of 2022, um, November the 19th of 2020. The Core Hard Truth, John Gray High School fight clubs. We showed the videos of what your kids are doing. And this continues. So now we're looking at three years in. March of 2021, a parent stepped up to the plate at the Interscholastic Sports Day at Truman Baden Sports Complex. And she went and defended her son and beat up some of these kids that have been beating up on him. Good morning, caller. Yes, Miss um, Sandra, how are you? Not bad, darling. How are you doing? I'm fine. Great. Um, Good. I've never called. I've never called the station. I, but I listen faithfully yes, every ma'am. day. Now I am calling. I'm hoping that I'm not too late to mm-hmm. get that vote in. Oh, yes. Tell I us. I agree. This should be done because mm-hmm. when we were children at Caymanian, our parents didn't take us and drop us off anywhere mm-hmm. unless it was at grandma's or at auntie or listen, these people have to stop. This generation cannot raise itself. Yes, ma'am. I am, mm-hmm. I am a part of the voting. Okay? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. 936-2626. So we've been talking about this for year, years. No resolution in sight. I remember back in, I think it was 2020 or maybe last year. I can't remember which one, which time we addressed it. We did a whole list of things um, that the education department and the minister could be doing to speak on this issue. What has been done? Nothing. Let me see if I can find that. Everything from teaching conflict resolutions in schools, making these children, forcing them to go to counseling. You get in a fight one time, mandatory counseling, right? Making them sit down and communicate, talk it out. Why are you fighting? Why are you doing that? None of it, to the best of my knowledge, has been implemented. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning. I want to place my vote. Yes, ma'am. Miss Sandy, that should have been done a long time, long, mm. long time. I remember um, when I was working with um security center. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you, these children that they, 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 their parents dropped them at Kamanabe. Oh my God, man. Mm. The way all them behave when them come and come and behave mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is out of this world. Some things where them go on with them and come and behave, you see Miss Sandy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Things need to be put in place. So if them don't have no supervision when them come and come and behave, mm-hmm. they cannot come there because yes. that's why I come. That's one of the main reasons why I come and behave have so much security, me I tell you. Yeah. Them yeah. used to have to send extra, extra security, especially Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. The children, them go on with some things down there, only God know. 
Uh, uh. I mean, it's not how parents with us have them children and just cry them a come and they just come left them. So, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, man. So, my vote is for them to put something in place uh -huh. that if they're not going to supervise their children, they cannot leave them there. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Thank you. All right, darling. Thanks very much. 9362626. Aquaman say that Kimana Bay has become a playground for badness. And if you say anything to the kids, uh, they want to curse you out. Uh, Ransford says, how are you going to supervise these kids when you can't whip their backside? You should try this. Your mama was around all now. Your batty would be burning. Um, you know, Ransford, I do believe that you can discipline children without ever laying a finger on them. The key is you have to start early. You know, it's like the bonsai tree. You can't wait till the tree limbs are hardened. You can't wait till your kids are 12 and 13 years old and then starting to put policies in place and tell them that you actually expect them to behave a particular way. So when that baby and toddler are misbehaving and you think it's cute, right? When they're carrying on with their rudeness, um, it's at that point that you need to put your foot down. Boundaries and limitations, rules. Put it all in place from day one, and you'd find that you probably never even have to touch your children. But you've got to be consistent. Most of your children are angry, and you need to ask your question yourselves, why are they so angry? What's going on with these kids? It's because, because a lot of them are coming from chaotic homes and environments. Hmm. Anyway, folks, there is a whole list of things. I'll see if I can find the list because I've put it in, in an article before. I have done some of the research. The ministry needs to take this issue very, very seriously. And I do not believe that they're doing so. Okay. Here's, here's one going back to um, 2020. That's how long ago this article was up, right? Talking about our kids fighting in school. And these are some of the suggestions at the time that I had uh, recommended. And again, don't take my word for it. Go and get, cause you know, I believe it came at him when it came at him, tell them anything. Go hire your so-called experts and have them tell you what you need to do. No phones allowed in schools. That's number one, because as the previous caller said, some of these kids are just looking for clout. They have these um, accounts set up Anytime I come across them on Instagram, I report them to the authorities. I report them to Instagram and I report it to the police to have them taken down because there's this whole thing where they're having a fight club. Go look at the videos. We've shown you guys the videos before they're having these fight clubs just to be able to then post it on social media and get so social media clout. Your children don't understand anything about social media clout. We've had a young man I forgot how old that little kid was there in Prospect. Commit suicide. He hung himself. And the talk on the street was he was being bullied at school. Rein it in. As a community, we need to rein it in. As parents, administrators, education department, education minister, we need to get a hold of this situation. Immediate, I said, implement an immediate no phone policy. Anyone caught instigating or starting a fight is suspended from school because sometimes the instigators are behind the scenes. 
police to follow up with criminal prosecutions. Let them know that in life, there are consequences for your behavior. You think you're big and you're bold and you're bad? Well, let's introduce you to the court system. You know, I was going through some of my papers um, yesterday looking for some stuff and I came across this program to this day. I still have the documentation on it. It's called Teen Court. It was an amazing program that I volunteered in many, many years ago when I was a high school student. And it allows children who are first time offenders to go through this program where they don't get caught up in the real juvenile system, although it very much mimic it. You had a judge overseeing the procedures, right? Your defense and, and prosecution were actually your own peers. You have a jury of your own peers and they are judging you on your behavior. And if you decided to participate in the program, you had a minimum of 10 community hours, but these, these the jury could take away your license if you had a license, they could put you in house arrest, like they heard, had certain powers. It was an excellent program. And if you successfully completed the program, it allowed you to not have a permanent mark on your record. Because of course we don't want, we, like I said, their brain hasn't fully developed till they're in their mid twenties, right? So we don't want to penalize them for their youthfulness and their stupidity to have a mark on their record for life. But we've got to get it together. A program like that would work so well in Cayman. I've recommended it from one elected government to the next elected government. No one has ever taken it up. And yet we want to talk about we care about our youth. Y'all have got to be kidding me. An immediate meeting with all students and parents to get this issue on the table for immediate discussion. That's never been done. No one has called a meeting on bullying, on the fights, engaging the parents. They have got to be part of the solution. Look here, enroll all children in conflict resolution and mediation classes. Have they done that? Call parents in too and hold them accountable for the actions of their children. Increase security and police presence. Remove the middle and high school structure where they're no longer merged as one. One of the biggest problems we have has been policy and the building of these schools, which has been driven by politicians who clearly don't understand nothing when it comes to rearing of children. Why are you going to take what traditionally were middle school students and put them with high school students and throw them all together? So you've got kids who are like 10 in high school with kids who are like 15, 16 years old. They're like at a totally different stage in their development. And a lot of the younger ones are the ones who are getting picked on. You heard what that parent said. Year nine and 10 kids are picking on a year six child. A year six child shouldn't even be around year nine and 10 kids, if truth be known. It's absolutely unbelievable, right? These, these are the policies. When y'all want to know decisions are being made, politicians and that, these are the policies that are detrimental to our community. The same policy of, of forcing um, separation, separate but equal between private schools and government schools. You've created two, class, two classes of, of students in this country. Those who can afford private schools, right? For the most part, that's where their kids are gonna go. And then you have a brain dream a lot of times in the government schools. We're, we're building multi-million dollar facilities. I told y'all the other day, I went to John Gray for their grand opening. 
that facility puts everybody else on this island to shame in terms of facility. It is a beautiful facility. But the kids have to appreciate it. The kids have to be disciplined. There's more to it than just having an amazing facility. And I know that Mr. Um, what's his name? Over at John Gray, the principal, I'm sure they are trying and they're doing their best. And most of the students are good students. It's always the 20% that makes life difficult for everybody else. 20% of those kids are taking up 80% of the resources at John Gray. We have Pastor Murray who's doing his best with the Boys to Men program. There are some things in place, but we need to do more, right? We need to shape it up. If you're going to spend millions of dollars on a structure, let us make sure that we're also enforcing and reinforcing good behavior and have those types of structures in place when it comes to our children as well. And it all begins in the home. So I get it. The teacher, it's not, it shouldn't be the teacher's jobs to be trying to parent your kids at school. See what I say here? Introduce various programs, including teen court, prison visits. They think they're badasses. Take them to prison, make them see. This is the little two by four cell you're going to be living in if you keep up this behavior on a jail. Mm-hmm. Right? Regular motivational guest speakers that students can relate to. Peer counseling, peer support groups within the school. I was a peer counselor when I was in high school. Other kids could come to you. They could confide in you, tell you what was going on. Because sometimes kids are not comfortable talking to parents or talking to an adult. Do we have a peer counselor program here in the schools? I haven't been to Cayman schools, but if we don't, we need to implement it. Um, uh, church youth group says Cameron. Sue says, uh, yes, definitely they need to do something quick before one of them ends up, question mark. They're following the USA schools, UK schools, all on social media. Good morning to Lisa. Lisa says it starts at home. The parents want to be their kids' friends. And um, the home has been broken down. I didn't even think, Lisa, they want to be their friends. They just don't want the responsibility. They don't want to be parents and they don't want to be their friends either, to be quite honest. They're just checked out, living their own lives and doing whatever. Um, Chuck, can I get a little bit of overtime this morning? Where's Chuck? I, I know I'm asking kind of late. Um, all right. What else we got here? Let me see now. Um, Jan says some fight, uh, because they have on better shoes than them. Imagine that. My goodness. Mm -mm -mm. I thought they were all wearing the same stuff in terms of uniforms. <sighs> Andrea says these kids don't respond to gentle parenting and wanting to be your child's friend rather than their parents. Uh, this is where the problem is. Why, why aren't they, why are they not responding to gentle parenting? I mean, I think you might really have to look at the environment. Like, seriously. Siobhan says, no child or teenager should be left alone. Plus, no one should be walking around enjoying themselves and having to deal with children and teenagers and their foolishness. So put something in place. If a responsible adult ain't there, then they can't be there. Just send in your kids to dark cinema. Where they're going to be sitting in the dark with other boys and girls. Yo, parents are slack, man. I don't even get it. Davina says, amen, amen, and amen. I like the topics and agree 100%. Uh -uh. 
Ransford said that some of these parents don't know discipline themselves. Um, Mr. Ransford, I cannot argue with you, sir. That is the God's truth. Uh, Lisa, Lena, sorry. No, we haven't gotten to the exorcism update. That probably be tomorrow. My apologies. The topic sometimes there's so much to talk about. I want to talk about Cayman Airways and the exorcism update. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow and a little bit of an update on Parliament as well. Miss mm -mm. Olive says, I know a lady who whipped her son because he was touching girls inappropriately at school. And the boy go to school, tell his friends he will not touch the girls in that form again. And a teacher heard the conversation. The mother was called into the school and later got locked up and brought before the court. So I think some parents even afraid to school their children. That was where in came in. Um, I think there's probably more to that story than meets the eye. But if it was just a regular beating, she wouldn't be locked up for that. So I'm not really sure what that's about. Miss Beulah says, Sandy, there's a 15-year-old from Clifton Hunter, just had a baby last month, where her mother used to drop her off at Kimana Bay, where she was having sex with a 17-year-old. Y'all heard that? Y'all paying attention? Parents, those of you who drop off your children, maybe we should start because, you know, one thing I realize is y'all don't like to be shamed publicly. Y'all be doing the most, but... You don't want people to get catch your parking and, and handicapped spots. Maybe we should start taking pictures of y'all and putting it on CMR. Oh, these are the parents who are dropping off children unsupervised. Mm, I bet you we did that for one Saturday. Y'all would stop it. Aquaman says these kids are the future, but the future looks very cloudy. If this is how they're behaving, child, it's looking bleak. You better believe that. Uh, Cameron says some of the adults in our communities be acting like children, gossiping and talking behind each other's back. Yeah, and some of them be out in the streets fighting too. So I agree, Mr. Ransford, you can't expect any better than a lot of them because let's listen, the apple not falling far from that tree. Patricia says, I remember years ago when Elizabethan Square was a location for similar gatherings. It's where the fights were settled. Uh, the kids don't realize that they will have no place to hang out soon. Yeah, and then y'all gonna be like, oh, come out of it. And look at what they got done to us. Y'all better get it together. Uh, Miss Vanita says, I agree 100%, but a lot of kids act nice in front of their parents. And when they get out amongst their so-called friends, they act like they're a gangster. That's why you don't let them get out unsupervised. That's precisely why. Because I am sure that a lot of these kids are hoodwinking and fooling their parents. Gabby says they have the phone policy. I don't know if they had it when this was written back in 2020, but good. Aquaman also says, parents, it starts from the home. If you're not a good parent um, who has a watchful eye and an open mind to talk to your kids, help them and groom them to become all they can be positively in life. Miss mm -mm -mm. Donna says year six is not in high school. They start John Gray Clifton in year seven. And 12, 7 to 12. I still think that's too much of a gap. How old are kids who are near 7? What's the age? Miss Morna says, yes, Sandy, that was the most stupid thing that ever happened, putting these little ones with big kids. Come on now. It's too, it's too much. So how is a year 10 and um, 9 student having access to year 6 student then? Where, where is that happening at John Gray? 
I'm a little bit confused. Ah, what a mess. Tracy says uh, teachers are not your kids rehab. Um, some parents are worse and slack and then slack having babies, having babies says Siobhan. Ms. Vernita says these children also think their parents is embarrassing them when we chastise them in front of the peers. You know what? They'll live from embarrassment. They might not live from, um, you know, if they, heaven forbid, get pushed down by a child and hit their head on a concrete block or anything that came out of bay. They may not live from that. Embarrassment not kill nobody yet, but a good lick to your head or a good blow to your head can definitely kill you. Hmm. Uh, Cameron is asking if we share live proceedings. Government chat be boring. <laughs> you fall out with them or what? No. Um, listen, there's no falling out to be had because when when there's no bo bosom body bosom buddy system here to fall out from. All of these MPs, some of them got the memo a little bit later than others. That I'm here to hold them accountable on behalf of the people that came in islands and myself. I'm a voter in this country. I'm a, um, a citizen. I use that term in the most loose way possible because we're not really citizens, but y'all know what I mean. Of this country. I am a Caymanian. And I think that they need to do better. So they don't, they shouldn't take it personal and feel like I fall out with them because they ain't got nothing to do with that. But some of them be misbehaving. 11 years old. Okay. So uh, having 11 year old children. With 15, they got to what, age 16? 15 and 16-year-olds? Y'all need to rethink it. Rethink it. It's too young. An 11-year-old? Y'all do remember that sex video that they were recording where the kids were going on asking sexually provocative questions? And you heard what one little boy said about how he likes nine-year-old children? Because he wants to be the first? Did anybody ever get him a psychiatrist to check him out? Because if he's not a pedophile in, in making, I don't know what is. Y'all joking with these children, I'm telling you. Scott, good morning, Scott. Scott says the security just needs to do their job. Are these kids patrons of Kamana Bay? Simple, yes or no? If no, GTFO. If yes, what store and businesses? The police uh, ain't going to patrol that place at night. That probably don't want to police, don't want police and property. Well, Scott... To be fair to the DART organization, and maybe we'll reach out to them for comment and a full interview on this, because I think they could certainly clarify some of what they've tried to do. But there are times when they have engaged with even off-duty police officers or they have police officers there that they're paying out of pocket to have them come and work there to have a police presence because they do feel like that will deter a certain amount of this activity. But it also makes everybody else um, feel very, very uncomfortable to have all of this security presence there. I understand we've got some overtime on um, on the radio because I do want to play the governor's uh, interview today. So, um, you know, they, they could tell us what additional measures, um, Scott, they have taken, but I would not say that DART doesn't want police there or they don't want to increase security. I'll find out how many security officers they have there, but I think they have, as the last caller said, who was in the security business or was, they have they have a lot of security there and it's still not helping and they still can't control it. 
Um, good point though, about what are the kids doing there? Most of them, I suppose, are given a little bit of money from the parents so that they can go to the movies or they can go buy ice cream, but they're just like hanging out and walking up and down. A couple weekends ago, I went to the cinema and, um, you know, I, I took a picture of a nice young man. He was well-behaved, but a lot of them, um, are just misbehaving. Good morning, caller. You're live on the radio. How can I help? Oh, good morning. I just wanted to say, God bless you and I love you, honey. Love you too. All right, folks. Um, so Miss uh, Mr. Bevon says, Miss Sandy, it all has to start with the parents. If the parents are unruly, how can the children be respectful? Just remember, sheep don't make goat. <laughs> touche, touche, touche. Sheep don't make goat. That you're... Can't argue with you there, my love. That thousand percent on point. Um, Miss Sue says they're all in one school, ages mixed together. Wasn't like that years ago. Worst thing they did. Mm -mm -mm. Yep. Some children may be nine and 10 years old when they start high school. You see what I'm telling you? That's too young to be mingling with a 15 and 16 year old. We, we need to look at that. I think that that needs a revisit. Now, I'm going to be honest with you all. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath and have any comment from the minister on this. I'm sorry. She's never addressed it. I don't suspect she ever will. It's kind of sad, though, because I think for as much as, you know, she speaks about, I mean, she gave this very eloquent speech at John Gray and, oh, you know, there's lots of positive going on here. Yes. Yes, minister. That is so true. But like I said, the 20% that are causing havoc are the ones who will always give you, the system, everybody a bad name. The 20% that are incarcerated at um, Northward, they gave everybody a bad name. And it's like a revolving door. The court system with them is a revolving door. So what are you going to do about it? The recommendation here, not a single person has dissented. Not a single person has said, oh, no, no, no. Kaimana Bay shouldn't do that. It's not often that you get a unanimous decision on something but it seems quite clear to me that the position here is put it in place. Mm -hmm. This parent says, for my children were little, I had conversations about their actions and what they did wrong and what was the right action that should have been taken. This was from age four and five. Those were very gentle conversations. Now as teenagers, I'm more harsh, but they're respectful and well-mannered. Never taught children being rude was cute. Uh, they should get a cute slap. <laughs> they would get a cute slap, sorry. Hmm. Sometimes these parents are worse than the children. So parents uh, being there must be might be worse. <laughs> Another thing goes on is these teenage girls send boys nudes. Mm. Lord Jesus. Boys then sharing nudes with their friends. Now I'm telling you, don't give your kids no phones. Don't give them no phones if you know what good for you and your kid, kids. Among teenagers, I hear stories of them having sex in the bathrooms at schools, 
I don't even know where and what the security be doing. Listen, there's no way that areas like a bathroom at a school should be where kids can go and have sex. You have a security officer, female one at the girls' bathroom and a male one at the males' bathroom because there's a lot that can go on in a bathroom. You do like what they do in Cuba when you go to use the bathroom, they hand you a little piece of toilet paper. You only get one little, um, one little piece like this. And it's not even, it's not even double. It's not called double-sided, double, what's it called? It's not even the double piece. You just get one little thin one, you hand it to them and you stand there. It's a bathroom attendant. Have bathroom attendants working at these schools to make sure there's none of this fornicating that I'm hearing about. This is shocking. No, sir. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Madness. Oh, my gosh. This other person says, I'm in full support. Some parents have their young children smoking and drinking with them and company. Lord Jesus. I'm in full support with Kimana Bay not allowing unsupervised children. A few days ago, I parked on the third floor and couldn't catch my breath for ganja smoking from a group of kids. Yeah, I think it's time. It's time. Because unfortunately, good people like myself, Gasu, will not even want to go to Kimana Bay. And their businesses... Um, in Cayman Bay that are going to be impacted by this. Somebody asked me if I touch Cayman Rays. That's going to have to be tomorrow. Um, oh, gosh. All right. Before I forget, um, again, unanimous position on this, really. Uh, everybody's asking, please, don't forget to show us Everton's picture. Hold on a second. I won't forget. Uh, one second, one second, one second. Everton. Where is he? Oh, here he is. Everton, reality extraordinaire, reality star. There he is, living his best life on 90 Day Fiance. Putting Cayman and Jamaica, because he's from Jamaica, on the map. All right, Alejandro saying, man, white ganja always got to be the point, yo. Um, the person's just sharing their experience. <laughs> I mean, Cameron talks about that Yolanda Ford report. Can you share that, please? I've shared it numerous times. Maybe it's time we cracked it open again. Uh, let's put that on the agenda for next week, Cameron. Cameron says, I know that's your file cap. That's in your file cabinet somewhere. You're the queen of receipts. Yes, honey, child, you got to have them. Um, mm -hmm. who's been mailing Scott says she's been mailing it in for years now schools facilities mm -hmm. DES quality all seriously dysfunctional the next minister of education got a whole broken portfolio to inherit <laughs> what a hot mess mm -mm. ay 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 uh, Ms. Dean says, back in my parenting time, some people equal, especially youngsters, um, usually tell me I was raising my boy like he's a girl, but I cared less about their opinion. Currently, if all men were like my son, there would be no need for police nor soldiers, well-disciplined young man. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right, folks. Um, let's uh, sit back, um, top up your, your tea. 
This is going to be a little interview with um, Ms. Jean Owen, who is the new governor of the Cayman Islands. We're bringing this to you here. It might be um, her first uh, interview that's actually being aired, but we were invited um, even before she arrived on island to, um, you know, meet with her. Uh, Danny's asking why a pre-recorded interview. Well, first of all, she was traveling, um, but they booked the interview in advance of her arriving on island. And we gave them the option. There, there's a couple of different reasons why you might want to do a pre-recorded interview. I think for your first interview, it's actually not a bad idea um, for people to kind of get within their comfort zone. She's in her own residence now. She's still getting acclimated to, to the island. Uh, we're hopeful that she'll be a regular feature on the show, of course. But um, the option is there. Anybody can do a pre-recorded interview if they choose. Um, aesthetically, and even from a recording perspective, there's actually a lot of positives to doing a pre-recorded interview, um, and it is what it is. But um, this one was done yesterday afternoon. Uh, we had an opportunity to sit with her and to just ask her, none of these are super tough questions, folks. Just getting warmed up. Give the woman a minute to dip her, foot, her feet in the Cayman pool, okay? All right, folks, um, thank you all so very, very much for tuning in. And again, this is an interview with um, uh, her, His Majesty. I guess now we have to say His Majesty. Um, uh, yeah, His Majesty, yes. Um, the uh, Honorable Jane Owen. All right, folks, so we're here um, at the residence of the uh, Cayman Islands' latest governor, Ms. Jean Owen, good afternoon. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much, Sandy, for coming over today. It's very nice to meet you. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for um, joining us. And of course, all of our uh, listeners on Cayman Mall Road will have an opportunity to view this interview. Now, you know, we like to get to know people um, at perhaps a more personable level. So tell us a little bit about yourself. We've heard that you have a, a daughter. Um, tell us, who, who is um, Miss Jean Owen, really? Yeah, so uh, I was uh, born and grew up in a part of the UK called a uh, town called Bilston, which is just north of Birmingham. So it's in the kind of uh, industrial area of the Midlands, if you like. I mm. don't know how many uh, Caymanians who live in the UK know that area, but it's certainly the part of the mm. UK that UB40 come from. So right. if anyone was at Capella on uh, Sunday or Saturday night, they would yes. uh, they would have heard UB40. Um, I've uh, I, I grew up um, uh, with my parents who owned the local toy shop, so you can imagine what mm. an experience that was, actually. Um, and so I spent quite a lot of time uh, working in the shop and displaying things. I used to love displaying the teddy bears and uh, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and then went to kind of school and university and uh, have always worked in the foreign office, the right. FCDO, uh, back in the UK. Mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of my career working overseas in several different countries, uh, Vietnam, Japan, mm -hmm. India, Switzerland and Norway, and done quite a lot of traveling. I always say one of my favorite hobbies actually is traveling and yes. discovering new places. So I feel so fortunate to be able now to uh, uh, come to Cayman, see all three of your beautiful islands mm -hmm. and really get to know the people and the places much better. Yeah, well, that's very, very interesting. Um, so what made you decide? What, what did you study in university? 
Uh, I studied languages actually, so okay. I studied French, German, and Russian, which I started at, at studying at university. So mm -hmm. I guess that was what made me think that I was kind of interested in other cultures because language goes well beyond just yes. the spoken word, doesn't it? So I really wanted also to be able to live overseas, not just visit on mm -hmm. business or whatever. And so I feel very privileged actually to have lived in, in many fascinating countries around the world. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, is this your first Caribbean island that you've lived um, yes, on? Absolutely yes, absolutely it is. Yes, so this is a first for me and therefore mm -hmm. very exciting. Yeah, well, you'll get used to the heat in, in short order, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and so tell us a little bit about how you found your stay here. I think it's been a few weeks now. How has it been going? Well, it's really halfway through week two. So I think right. if we counted the days, it would be day 11 or something like that. Yes. Um, I, I found I've had such a warm welcome here mm -hmm. on Grand Cayman, but also on the sister islands uh, that I visited last weekend with Deputy uh, uh, Premier Miss Julie, but also mm -hmm. Honourable Premier was there too, and Minister J.E. Banks. So we were all there together on uh, mm -hmm. Little Cayman, and uh, then we went to Cayman Brac as well. Um, it's been a very, very very warm welcome so I really want mm -hmm. to say to all of your listeners thank you all very much because I haven't just been interacting with government and the civil service and parliament but many people mm -hmm. uh, in who are doing different things charity work people I've met at different events and everybody has been so welcoming mm -hmm. and it's helped me to learn a little bit more about life and priorities here and yes. that's one of the things i really want to do is to listen and learn right absolutely now we uh, do understand that you have a daughter is she your only child no, I've got, okay. uh, so Phoebe uh, actually came to sort of help me settle right. in a bit here. Um, she finished university last year, but uh, right. she's 23. Mm -hmm. And then I have a son, James, who's 21, who is just finishing his degree in Norwich at the mm -hmm. University of East Anglia this summer. But he's also hoping to come out in June, probably, right. for the summer holidays. Okay, beautiful. So she'll stay on with you for a little bit just to get you settled in. Yes, exactly. I think yeah. uh, both of uh, both Phoebe and James will then go back to the UK mm -hmm. uh, and try, like many other young people, I know it's a real challenge, try to find some uh, work in London. So that's the mm -hmm. next challenge ahead. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, of course, you are very unique in that um, you are a female governor and we've not had very many of those. You're just the second one in the history of the Cayman Islands. Does that, um, you know, on, on the show this morning, we were talking, we had two, um, you know, guest speakers. One recently was the um, sort of the, the lead speaker at, about women and energy. Mm -hmm. And then we had uh, the Caribbean economist, Miss Marla Dukran, who's very well known in the yeah. region, right? And uh, people know that in my program, I really um, think that we, you know, we try to empower women as, as much as possible. And we love to see women in position of power. So we love that you are a woman. Um, can you tell us from your perspective and uh, your lengthy career in the Foreign Office, kind of what that has been like and um, challenges and, and what you know, amazing rewards have come with it as well? Yes, I think it's very, it has been overall very important for women to have role models to follow. And mm -hmm. I think I've always found that very useful in my career. So I feel that one of my kind of responsibilities, if you like, as a, uh, a woman in a relatively senior position is to kind of encourage and show 
those who are coming up through the ranks that it is possible. I've always felt it's very nice in any workplace to have a real balance of uh, women and men mm -hmm. um, and to be comfortable and proud of what you bring as a woman, which is sometimes, not always, but sometimes a little bit different from what our male colleagues always bring. Mm -hmm. And it's quite nice to have that balance. So just being aware of that and being comfortable with it is, uh, I think, very important. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to maybe, you know, try and do some work while I'm here in Cayman to see what I can do to encourage young women coming up uh, through the civil service, but also in other walks of life to mm -hmm. really realize their potential. Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. So, uh, you know, the relationship between the Cayman Islands and the United Kingdom um, has been, you know, historically a very, very strong one. Yes. There are people um, you can see at times like the coronation is coming up this weekend. We had, um, you know, the late uh, Her Majesty the Queen mm. passed away. The people just showed such an amazing outpouring of uh, emotion for events like this. Um, they're very, very attached to um, the monarch, and uh, it's a very, very important relationship. How do you see this position as governor uh, as key and pivotal to continuing to nourish that mm. um, relationship as times change as well? Yes, exactly. I think as times change, you want to keep the relationship strong, but that means you have to sort of continue to transform and build on all of the challenges that are constantly coming at all of us uh, mm. around the world. So I do regard that as a really important part of my role to be working closely with the Honourable Premier and his government here, but also with all parts of Caymanian business and society to mm -hmm. do what I can and also to be able to dig deep if you like into the system back in the UK to make sure that we have the right communication mm -hmm. the right understanding the right mutual support that can help that relationship to grow because it is unique and important and very special. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't often know what the governor does other than show up to ribbon cutting events and hosting, you know, fancy parties. Can you give our listeners a little bit more of an insight into what an average week, and I'm sure you're still figuring this out yeah. perhaps yourself, but um, what an average week in the life of the governor of the Cayman Islands looks like? Well, I think the first thing about uh, being the governor that I've learned very quickly over the last few days is that you have to be flexible and probably no two weeks are the same. But yes. certainly one of the very important duties I have is to chair cabinet and that happens uh, usually on a Tuesday morning. Mm -hmm. So I was privileged to be chairing cabinet um, and uh, meeting Honourable Premier and his whole uh, uh, group of cabinet ministers yesterday morning. Mm -hmm. Um, then, uh, obviously, the governor has responsibilities for certain areas of uh, life here, including defence, external affairs. Um, and one of the most important of those is mm -hmm. internal security mm -hmm. um, and also good governance. And so working, always working with the system, but to figure out what we can do um, to make sure that we are delivering the best 
in terms of safety and security, hurricane preparation, etc., mm -hmm. uh, is really, really important. But the other thing I guess I do is go out and mm -hmm. there are parties, but it's all about meeting people, yes. talking to people, really understanding yes. yeah, what, what people are concerned about, what mm -hmm. they need and how we can help deliver that. Yes. Well, I'm sure um, you know, you're early yet in your tenure, but you'll meet some amazing uh, people in the community, lots mm. of seniors um, who appreciate you know, all of the birthday greetings that the governor's office um, really uh, participates in. Now, your, your predecessor really set the bar high when it comes to social media. Mm. <laughs> I must say that he um, always um, had a, his phone camera in hand and his team mm. ensured that um, you know, he had a very strong presence on social media to keep the lines of communication open mm. on a platform that a lot mm. of people use. And I must say that thus far I see that you're continuing mm. um, in that tradition. Is that something that's a bit new for you? Are you comfortable with it? Or how do you feel about, you know, having your life on Facebook to a certain extent? Well, I, I am fairly familiar with it, though I have to say Instagram is new to me. Yes. Um, and so we're, we are uh, really trying to continue with Instagram mm -hmm. here in the governor's office. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, that's a new one. But I do enjoy doing social media. I have great support from my team. And also, it's not just social media, but also talking to people like mm -hmm. you, you know, and having interaction with the media, with listeners, through videos like this, yes. through radio. Uh, I think it's very important because mm -hmm. one of the uh, aspects aspects of my role that I love is just communicating both mm -hmm. here but also communicating about the importance and the relevance of Cayman back in the UK mm -hmm. and that's certainly one of the things I'll be doing next week so I have the great privilege of going with Honourable Pre Premier to the coronation it's a historic event mm -hmm. I think a very important part of you know how our relationship continues to evolve mm -hmm. but we do have the Joint Ministerial Council as well which is where we will be talking with other overseas territories premiers and governors about the issues of the day um, and then I hope to be able to communicate some of that when, mm -hmm. when we get back here. Yeah, that's fantastic. So um, I know you have some busy days ahead with the traveling. Um, tell us a little bit about what you think are some of the challenges that you're going to be facing um, in your tenure. Well, I think I'm still at the process of mm -hmm. uh, listening and learning, really. But if I were to think about the sort of emerging priorities that are really coming to the fore, Obviously, security is one, and I mentioned mm -hmm. that before. So it, it's about hurricane preparedness, but it's also about looking at mm -hmm. how we are tackling issues like uh, crime and drugs mm -hmm. and child safeguarding, etc. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be working to support the very strong Caymanian economy and financial sector. Mm -hmm. There's several developments uh, going on there, so that's important. Then we've got the environment, protecting the beautiful environment on these islands, and I know we've worked very closely mm -hmm. uh, with your government to provide communication ideas support in both directions really mm -hmm. and we will continue to do that as best we can mm -hmm. and then finally i i guess it's getting out meeting all parts of society i've seen already quite a lot of the charity work that goes on here it's incredibly impressive mm -hmm. and that gets us then into areas like health and education and mental health um and those are those are parts of society that i'd also like to learn more about 
Mm -hmm. Well, amazing. Well, we don't want to take up too much of your time. We know that you're extremely busy, and of course, you're going to be making some final preparations ahead of your um, trip to the UK. So uh, safe travels, and thank you so much um, for just taking a few minutes out of your schedule to sit down and talk with us. Thank you very much, and I hope that lots of your listeners will come along to our King's birthday party, which we'll be holding on Monday the 19th of June, uh, and that will be an op opportunity to celebrate again the coronation and for mm -hmm. everyone to come and enjoy this beautiful house. So I look forward to having an open house then. All right, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 